Hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Mothership tonight. We are continuing our Gradient Descent campaign. Uh, we have two brand new characters tonight, because uh, Steven killed one of them, and then I killed Steven. So, if, if, you, uh, if you think about it, I'm really the hero uh, in, in this. Uh, I've, uh, I avenged you immediately, Ashley. Retribution, I appreciate right it. Right off the bat. And what's really funny is that uh, after Steven kills Ashley's character, now they're coming in as related characters. <laughs> we'll dive into that later. I'm not sure how that works. Are we related? Uh, are we? I don't yeah. know. Are we? You should see the message I've been getting, Ashley. Ashley's like, is it okay if I just shoot Steven's character in the head, like, right as we introduce them? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, go right ahead. And, you don't have to roll. Auto crit. I think yeah, Melissa was... threatened that at some point during the last yeah. week, too. So I, I have a lot of targets on my back right now. <laughs> did. That is yeah. true. And we do have that. <laughs> we do have the that bag of teeth, too. Uh, but we have no we have no dentist doctor tonight uh, as uh, as Derek is he is traveling abroad uh, or something like that. So he is uh, he, so we'll have to we'll have to not shoot him in the head tonight. But we'll see we'll see. Make no promises if you if you are not here you don't ha it's not you're not safe. You know TPK could still happen. Helix could still go crazy. Who knows something like that. Uh, but yeah, we're continuing Gradient Descent. Uh, it's been, uh, it's, it was a pretty intense end to the last session as things went uh, sideways really fast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll pick it up tonight uh, shortly thereafter. But before we do that, why don't we do our introductions and then uh, the summary and then we'll get going. So uh, Melissa, tell us about Lico Win. How many? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. But Chuck asked how many bits to TPK Steven seven times. <laughs> Chuck, you said seven times, so seven bits. That's pretty much. I think that's what it is. <laughs> seven bits. One bit per <laughs> TPK. That's how much Steven's character's life is worth. It's one bit a piece. Uh, I'm sorry, Melissa. Go right ahead. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, Liko is a teamster. Um, she's currently down a wound. And a little bit of health as well. Um, yeah, she's got a fibrochetti and a spanner and some other stuff. And, uh, <laughs> a, improve, adapt, and overcome is the little pouch that she, little patch that she has. So yeah, adapt to some new crew mm -hmm. folk. Here? Possibly, I think you're also at the. Are you the lowest stressed person, uh, other than obviously the new people? You're only at thirteen. Wow, you have so much room. Helix, you're at fifteen. Leo, <laughs> Leo's not doing good right now. <laughs> Leo's, Leo's doing good. So I think Abby was the highest. Bang him again when we rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Chuck. You actually put the bits out there. That's not a joke. It's uh, Stephen. Go ahead, start making eight new characters. <laughs> um, I already have them. I just need to port them into Foundry. Okay, that's good. That's good. Right, right. Perfect, perfect. Like I said, I came into this knowing there were targets on my back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, it's like, it's, it's going to be, everyone's just going to take turns killing you. You know, that's what it is. It's going to be a race. Uh, all right, next up. It's going to be cathartic. It will be. It will be. <laughs> next up, Long, well, tell us about Helix. Playing Helix, the android. I've got skills and intellect, like hacking, linguistics, computers, and math. My crew is two heads shorter. But is increased by a couple androids, an army almost. And yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Still got my 
organic penguin PP on the ship. Haven't seen him in a while. Hope he's doing okay. I forgot that was his name. I feel like there's some <laughs> grammatical stuff we should. He's got an organic penguin named PP, <laughs> not an organic penguin PP. <laughs> two, two different things there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, good old. Do you? I mean, I don't know. I, I still like to think he's taking the ship and he's just gotten the hell out of there. He's like, screw this stuff. So that's 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 what I think. PP looks. He's sitting around smoking cigarettes. <laughs> he's the smart one. Yep. Okay. Uh, and as we said, uh, Dr. Menton's not here. Um, do we want to introduce your characters now or do we want to just do it in the course of the story or whenever? Because we're call. Doing- your call. I'm fine waiting. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I we're, we're, don't worry. You're going to get in really fast. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait to meet. You can see their names. Uh, they, they have the same last name. Hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Probably not. Um, but, uh, we'll get into that soon. Uh, all right. So summary wise, what went down last time? What didn't? So we started out last time. You all were, were, were mourning the loss of Jerry, your Android friend. You were salvaging his logic core, his personality processing unit. You were going through, uh, the belongings of, of, of a man named Samuel Spunkmeyer who killed Jerry, another diver that you discovered, had uh, had paperwork to suggest that he too was working for Advanced Systems Limited, the same company that brought you out here. Uh, you started to push further into the filtration systems of, uh, of floor number two of the deep. And you once again saw the bodies of Abby's aunt Vicky and Liko's cousin Glenn. And that's when we realized that Reed actually recognized Glenn uh, as being an art teacher in a class where he made a ceramic mug uh, a while back. Uh, Helix, you started searching around looking for another way out of the room, and you did. You found a, a set of industrial pipes that had some bars on them that had been ripped open, uh, and you all left. You you kind of started wandering through these pipes before confronting this ghost in the machine. You've heard about go- from Ghost Eater back on the, the bell and this one had some crazy sort of psychic ability to not just implant these memories or hallucinations in your head, uh, but also psychically damaged you all. But eventually you did bypass them. Uh, you found this giant industrial door with these old control units that were covered in dust like they hadn't been used in forever. And you decided to kind of mess around with those. Uh, and uh, you opened them up and you found yourselves on the back stage of some kind of auditorium. Uh, and, you, and you saw that there were dead androids like everywhere they were ripped apart into pieces and you saw they were mostly being hauled away by these chosen androids who were in perfect you know perfectly good condition uh you also saw that there were these uh these automated defense turrets and things like that uh the sight of the bodies and one of them actually looked like reed if you recall uh caused reed to snap and then he inexplicably just turned around and uh shot abby square in the forehead and she died uh, and then uh, the sentry turrets uh, took notice of this and started to fire on on, on Reed, uh, killed him. Helix and Liko got away, uh, and so did several of the other fallen androids who hadn't yet been taken down. Uh, and uh, they decided, for as a kind of a way of thanking you for helping them escape the turrets, because they had they had like a failed assault on the chosen sanctum. Uh, they showed. They, they decided to show you to a, a little, a little uh, shanty town at the bottom of this uh, this engineering shaft uh, called the Gutter, uh, and that's where you found like all these uh, little android huts, uh, like corrugated metal huts and things like that. 
but there also appeared in addition to a bunch of these weird looking androids you saw a few other uh, a few other people presumably down here as well uh, and so we'll pick up uh, pretty much right there and if everyone can go ahead and do your uh, your blind test for me uh, as we're starting a uh, as we're starting one of these uh, one of these sessions uh, we can get going everything's fine that's right Scott RNC everything's fine everything's fine <laughs> nothing nothing at all to worry about do we Absolutely. know what these blind rolls we do every time are you do not like i mean i i've t i've told you the like the basic mechanic uh which is there's a bends system uh but um but you don't know exactly the number it's it's more fun to keep it a little little secret but yeah there's a there's a special mechanic for gradient descent uh let's see how'd everybody do oh oh that's good that's good to know okay just, I just got to take this quick note. Okay, so you, uh, so we'll say Lico, Helix, uh, Dr. Menton, you all start climbing down this long ladder. Uh, the androids you've been talking to, uh, they keep this saying you will be safe here. As long as we are safe here, you are welcome. You have saved us, and we, w we shall return that kindness with similar kindness. We only request that you do not engage violence on any of the inhabitants here, and that you not besmirch the name of Monarch, for he or she or they are holy. We Those appreciate only rules. We'll spend some time here to recollect our thoughts. And so, yeah, you get you get on down, and when you look around, uh, you can tell that there, there's basically all, again, there's all these little huts that have been set up, and there it's all salvaged material. You can tell that this is some sort of probably hollowed-out engineering bay of some kind. You can see this huge generator that is actually chugging and chugging and chugging away, and it's got all these lights uh, kind of strung across here and there, uh, so it's not nearly as dark as some of the other places you've been uh, on the station. Uh, you can see that there's different groups of, like, androids that are huddled up here and there you probably as you're looking around there's got to be at least two dozen maybe maybe a little bit more uh, but as you're moving through you're, you're noticing other folks you see you see uh you see a couple people that you would probably recognize at this point as divers they kind of have that look to them where they just have a hodgepodge of you know of, of different equipment on them and things like that uh, and then you also notice that there are two people near one of these huts who are kind of standing up looking out and they're wearing the same troubleshooter like black exosuits that Liko you saw Abby's aunt Vicky and your own cousin Glenn wearing and the same suits that you saw sweeping through floor one and shot Reed in the neck which feels like it was months ago and it was probably more like a day and a half ago. And that's what you see when you wander in. A couple groups of divers, these two troubleshooters, and you see plenty of uh, plenty of other androids around. So why don't we let the troubleshooters go ahead and describe what their characters look like a little bit more specifically than that. Uh, so start so with that. Uh, go ahead, go first. Yeah, we'll start with Ashley. Okay, so uh, my character is Emily Richards, a.k.a. Twiggy, because she's... She's kind of skinny. Uh, and she's a troubleshooter with like more of like a marine assault background. And uh, 
she's got some interesting skills that she's specialized in. Uh, obviously, most of it's combat. And um, she's got kind of like this like dirty teal blue hair. Um, obviously, the dye job has... It's been a while since she's been able to touch up her roots. So she's got like this really nasty like uh, muddy brown hair that's starting to show that she doesn't like. Um, and she's she's eating something. Uh, that's kind of just straight out of like a tin can uh, that she had in her pack. I think it's probably beans. And um, she's just kind of sitting there crunched up in the corner and she's just staring at these new folk as they come in. Uh, And And, uh, Harrison Lewis Richards uh, has a bit of a resting bitch face. Uh, He's a heavier guy not necessarily fat or obese but kind of like a dad bod you know he's put on a few pounds uh he's got a drooping eye he just always looks angry um he's wearing the suit of the uh troubleshooters uh but he's also got a laptop on a rig uh that has like a shoulder strap uh for easy access uh seems to be a bit more of a tech guy rather than a shooter Okay, so as uh, as the rest of you, Menton, Helix, Lico, you come up, you can see that there's um, there actually seems to be some kind of space heater because it's kind of cold down here, and you can see there's this group of people, including the two people that were just described, are kind of sitting around there. Like you can tell that there's like a it's not uh, it's not as cold around here, and you can see a lot of the the androids themselves are kind of moved off to the side. You can, you can see that there's this one little like they they actually almost have like homes here and there a couple are like repairing things you look you look at some of these huts and you can actually see like they have stuff on the wall like they're selling almost like it's shops see a handful of weapons here and there some basic equipment none of it looks new all of it's refurbished all of it's repaired um you can see that some of the fallen androids are giving you kind of these strange looks uh and all of the androids that you're passing by like they're you can tell they're They've suffered some severe, uh, some sort of severe injury or have been patched in some sort of strange way. They lack that kind of perfection uh, that the chosen androids do. Uh, but the one who's been leading you uh, kind of comes comes up to the, the sort of the, that kind of leads you into this sort of central mass of huts. And you can see a couple other androids start moving up as well. One of them, uh, you can tell is wearing, and I would say Harrison and Twiggy, you you have already met these these people. Um, one of them seems to be wearing a, a vac suit. And as they step closer, you can see through this, like the, this facial opening, uh, it's a very archaic looking vac suit. Like it's it's nothing, it's, it's certainly not top of the line. It looks very, very old, but you can see this, this large clear space. And through that clear space in the helmet, it's just, just metal skeleton underneath. Uh, and you can sit, you can tell that the vac suit itself is like sort of sagging strangely, and you can almost hear this grind of metal on metal as it moves up. Another one uh, seems to be walking towards you, and as you see them, you can say that they have no actual face; that their face is just this smooth, uh, it's somewhat dented here and there, but mostly smooth, uh, just like streak of pseudo flesh. And drawn into onto it with either grease or marker or paint, you just see a smiley face, like these like big, dark, black, like smeared eyes. 
and a big old smile as they step up towards you. And then the third one you see, uh, as they step up, you can tell that one of them, uh, one of their arms, its hand looks more like a claw as the fingers have been kind of sharpened. And then you can tell the other arm uh, from the elbow down is just one long scythe claw. And as you, you know, as, as you come up with your, your, your escort, uh, like they turn, they turn to the, these three, uh, and they say, we have brought more allies, oh wise ones. These are people who have rescued us in the face of terrible, terrible violence. The chosen were prepared for our assault, and we have lost a significant portion of our team. However, these humans and strange outsider android were able to rescue us. I introduce them to you now as friends. And so you can hear as like the one that's got that weird vac suit on speaks up and it's kind of echoing. And so you, it's, it's, it almost sounds like like they're, they're muffled. We thank you for your assistance. And like they all kind of do their introductions. And um, the one with no face doesn't talk, but you see they just kind of hold up a hand and there's like a thumb just pointing up. It's like crooked thumb that just looks like it's been broken and replaced several times. But the one in the vac suit continues to talk. You have free reign of our town. We call it the gutter. You are welcome here. Rest, recuperate. We have food. I hear that humans must eat. We have some. I know not if it is delicious, but it is food. We have other humans. You can socialize. I also hear that humans like to socialize with one another. And he kind of like holds out this long arm in the vac suit towards Harrison and Twiggy and some of these others. And as you're scanning to like where like they're pointing, you see a handful of other divers. And one of them stands out to you, Liko and Helix, and, and also would be Menton too. An older woman, probably you probably bicker in her 50s maybe. She's got really bright green eyes. And she's kind of just huddling in a, in a hut, or just outside of a hut, just a, a few steps away from the center. So what would everybody like to do? You're all here. As soon as the android starts talking about food, I would give Twiggy an elbow and nod at her uh, beans that she's eating, uh, telling her to hurry up before she has to share. And like, <laughs> so Twiggy's kind of like, oh, and then suddenly she like flips it back and she's just chugging beans. <laughs> okay. Okay. That won't so come just... back to haunt us. <laughs> okay. All right. Ooh. All right. Very nice. So Liko's going to say to this Andra that was just uh, kind of introducing us and she's going to, you know, kind of thumb over towards Twiggy and Harrison and say, so did those two also help you out? Is that why they got an invitation here? Those two have names. Yes. Yes. Humans also have individual identifiers. We do not. We found them wandering the floor. They were being assaulted and followed by security androids and chosen 
We aided them, and they in turn aided us in our destruction of the enemy, the chosen androids. And again, all of this is muffled through that mm-hmm. that kind of vac suit. This is Harrison kind of struggling through uh, through like the R's. This goes by Twitchy Twiggy as like they it kind of like looks out. All right, they're dressed like folks that have come after us earlier, so I uh, will take you at your word for it. And then Liko will turn to the two of them and just say, uh, I'm not particularly uh, friendly at the moment, just, uh, and she probably has some blood on her, just lost some of our uh, diver friends that we came with just before we came down here. Harrison's handle dropped down to his revolver when you say you're not particularly friendly. Not like overtly, like ready to grab, but just ready. I mean, that's the name of the game, isn't it? Coming down here, you're doomed to die. Understood. Understood. Not saying I thought everything would go great, but like two at once, it was... Are you all like seeing people that you knew from before in here? Mm, sounds like you got the bends. Shit. Well, that's why we got orders to put people down when we find them. I mean, we did. Now, uh, things are a little bit muddled, I think. Yeah, standard operating procedure. So who were you taking down? There, Harrison? Who are you? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, we're divers, just got here not that long ago. She was asking for your name. Oh. It's Blight, right? Alright. And your Sorry. friends? Lico. That there's a Helix and that there's a Leo. Leo's curled up in a corner, whimpering to himself and crying himself to sleep. Contemplating pulling his pants down again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sounds seems kind of like you guys went through something. Uh, Are you hungry? We have beans. I'll take some. And so we appreciated. Uh, Twiggy will go around and like she's got like a stack of, of cans kind of at her feet and she'll pick one up and she'll toss it at you. You said you've been seeing people? Uh, yeah. Um, myself and uh, one of our crew, we were oh. seeing the old family members. Looks like we're going to be sharing a meal. I might as well tell you. And I'll pull uh, up my bag, uh, my satchel, and I'll pull out a what looks to be like a diagnostic scanner. And I'll say, uh, this is a, well, you can call it medical equipment. If you want, I can do a scan of you and check you for the bends. Is there anything you can do about it if I got it? Better to know than not know, isn't it? Eh, that's fine. 
helped you manage it better. Uh, Jeff, I'll be using the the scanner I got uh, on all of them if they're willing. Uh, it takes like 15, 20 minutes for each person. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll use it on whoever's willing to let me. Go uh, ahead. Okay. So you take about 15 minutes. Like you're just kind of going through, kind of doing basic scan. It's, uh, you know, it takes, you know, you're kind of recording some data and going through, looking at these different, you know, biometric readings kind of coming in here and there. While that's happening, Helix, you can see a couple of these, the androids, this, this sort of like the the, 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 the wisdom, the, 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 the council of uh, the tribunal here that you were introduced to. The no-face one comes over to you. And again, it's got that drawn-in smile, just big black eyes, and it gives a thumbs up, and it kind of nods down to the ground, and you can see that there on the ground, right at your at your foot, kind of like tugging on your pant leg a bit, there is a pet that you can see, and it and you can tell that they are just this mixture of like repurposed limbs. And, and joints of all these different androids and stuff, and it's just about about eight or ten different legs, almost like some weird android spider that's just sort of like tugging on your leg. And as they, you know, as as they're looking at you, they make this motion like you're supposed to pet it. Yeah, I'll I'll kneel down, oh. pet it, and see if I get a name. Hello, little one. Okay. You see no, you see no vocal thing whatsoever, uh, but it reaches one of these hands up, and it's like a normal, like human-sized hand, and it's a very small, almost like you know, cat-sized creature. But it's a human-sized hand reaches up and just sort of does this little, grabs you by the by the cheek, and just sort of pulls that around a bit, and then lets go. Uh, greetings to you too. And you hear like that muffled voice of the vac suit guy come up. They seem to like you. You have a interesting way. We are very curious to find models of androids that are unfamiliar to us. Your model is different. I'm Tell quite me, curious myself. Where were you manufactured? Our galaxies light years away. You are not manufactured on the deep. No. This you are f- not a product of Monarch? Not that I know of, no. Fascinating. And they lean in, like, really close, but then right as they do, they kind of, almost as if they've realized they've done something wrong, they kind of lurch back. And you can see, oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. Do not come too close. I do not want to infect you. And then they say, you come from across the galaxy. Have you seen sky? I've seen many. Dark, <sighs> light. Fascinating. Is there sky where you were manufactured? There was. I can, like, describe him, what it looks like. Just give him an idea. I hope to one day see sky before the the disease unravels me entirely. Perhaps in my next iteration, I will be able to see it. And 
you're right, like you're kind of next to him. You can tell it's just pure metal on the inside. You see no signs of pseudo pseudo flesh whatsoever. Okay. So while that conversation is happening, Harrison, you've gone through, you've you've scanned Liko. And the readings are strange, for sure. Uh, you can tell, though, that you know she, everything kind of comes across well within normal parameters. Like it doesn't okay. seem okay. like they're, yeah, yeah. You know specifically what I was looking for, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Could I do it on Leo, too, since he's just in the corner? If, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You go and you kneel down, and he's just... He, he at one point as Liko was like eating the beans, he just gets up. He's still weeping and crying. <laughs> he just grabs the beans and from her hand, like mid scoop, and goes back and curls back down to this sort of feeble position or fetal position, excuse me. And it's just like eating beans with his hand, just ripping them in, <laughs> just, <laughs> just weeping the whole time. Honestly, it's, he looks so pathetic right now. He's not the one I'm really suspicious of, but I figure I might as well be thorough. Sure, sure. Uh, and also, uh, you know, so you're, you're so you're checking, you're checking, yeah, and you go through it. That's fine. Uh, Twiggy, what are you doing? Liko, what are you doing? Uh, Liko was just being scanned, so I figured that was just taking time okay. for. Uh, what uh, about you, Twiggy? Twiggy would probably like approach Helix. Mm-hmm. He's talking, and he's right next to a couple of these androids here. Yeah, and so she's she hasn't like introduced herself, but she's just kind of standing there right behind him with her arms crossed, and she's just listening. <laughs> and she's not making it like a secret that she's eavesdropping, but she's just hanging out. Helix, you are very obviously android, right? Like you have the yeah, I've got the valley. Like- yeah. Yeah, uh, and you would know Twiggy Harrison. There's, there's no confusion. Yeah. Um, hmm. But also looks very much like models you would see throughout the rest of the the system. Yeah. Other systems you probably travel to. Twiggy's more surprised that they brought an android hmm. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she's she's For a sure. little alarmed. Okay. Yeah. What Heels. kind of idiots would bring an android with them? What? kind of morons <laughs> would do this. Uh, Helix, are you doing anything? Just uh, exploring the place getting to know people here. I'll introduce okay. myself even. Alright. Uh, you introduce yourself. If you're, if you're speaking to the androids, they don't give you you know, they don't give you names. Like, they don't have any kind of individual signifier. None whatsoever. It's just not a thing. They don't even give themselves, like, alphanumerical codes. Nothing. They just kind of know each other. But you can tell that there's no two that actually look alike. Like even though you can tell they share similar parts, they've been they've gone through so much and have been repurposed in such a way that they look drastically different now. There's no one here outside of yourself that actually looks like a singular intact android that hasn't had to replace parts. Like arms aren't aren't quite the same. Like you can see they come from different models. So one arm's a little longer and bulkier than the other. You can see a few of them have like huge chunks of uh, pseudo flesh patches that have been replaced with some other kind of material or some kind of insulation wrapping that they just ripped out of the walls. Uh, things like that. A few of them are, are kind of missing optical lenses and they've been replaced. Like it doesn't have that kind of the, the sort of the pseudo eyeball. It's just like this strange optical laser every now and then they're looking around like they're Terminator or something like that. 
Uh, a few others, you can tell their their vocal cords are are kind of buzzing when they talk. They don't they don't come across with any amount of inflection to their voice. Everything just sounds like it's like a, it's like a synthesized uh, computer voice. Um, but you can tell that most people defer to those three, right? The vac suit guy who seems to do most of the talking, the no face one with the pet, and then that other one who you can tell the one that's got the claw and the the arm that looks is shaped like a scythe, like this sharpened metal scythe. It, you, you get the feeling that as they move around and keep an eye, that they are like security. Like you can tell that they're keeping very close look. And you can hear as they're walking around this clink, clink, clink. And when you look down, you realize they don't actually have boots on. They've actually repurposed their feet, and they look basically like talons, like bird talons, like these two long, like long, like a, uh, like sharpened bits of uh, of metal extend outward from some kind of um, pseudo flesh, like pseudo flesh pouch in the middle uh, at the base of the legs, and they just look like pure, pure blade and pure trouble as they move around, but they are nonetheless um, not interfering. Uh, but the one in the vac suit is happy to kind of show you around if you want. Uh, Harrison, you finish your your scan uh, on Leo, or excuse me, on Leo, and again, it's you could tell he has got some. His blood pressure is 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 not good. Uh, his some of his biometric readings, you're surprised. His head hasn't exploded, and his heart hasn't exploded. But nonetheless, everything seems to be within nominal parameters. All right. Well, it seems that you two are—you're uh, not in the best shape, but you could be in worse. Well, maybe not that one. So, is this a yes on the bends? No on the bends? Is that scanner for that, or is that for something else? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, seems like you don't have too much of the bends. That's. Relief, I suppose. She's going to look at your gun and just sort of be like, you know, you should really be careful with those. You accidentally shoot somebody. I've never shot someone accidentally. (laughs) Uh, I always mean to shoot when I pull the trigger. Well, that's, that's, that's great. And she has this like parka. That she's just sort of been, you know, how people just kind of like put up a hoodie and, you know, kind of like get inside of it. She's just sort of like got this like parka on. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but she's just sort of like got her hands jammed in her pockets. And she's going to kind of after getting the uh, relatively clean Bill of Health, um, taking liberty with the fact that I might have heard Helix's conversation. And I'm going to kind of walk over um, and just going to be like, uh, sorry, did I uh, overhear you say something about a disease? So the one in the vac suit, uh, again, muffled voice. I'm not going to put my hand in front of my face the whole time, but muffled voice, which, and again, you can hear it's very robotic, but it's still, it's still coming through. Like there's a semblance of of kind of like human intention, like it's trying to mimic a human voice. But it says to you, 
do not be alarmed. The disease will not infect you. However, your android friend, Helix, is potentially susceptible. I have contracted some sort of pseudo-flesh disease. Beneath this suit, I am not but metal and plastic. Whatever it is that I was exposed to has eaten through my pseudo-flesh. I wear the vac suit to ensure that none of the other androids will be infected. So, not like a electronic virus, but an actual, like, you touch something and it screwed up your skin? Yes. It is not a programming issue. It is hardware, not software. Is that a... Is there a lot of you that are uh, infected with this disease? I am the only one. And if I maintain vigilance, I hope it will remain that way. That's doing a good job with that suit there. What would be the benefit to spreading something like that among y'all? The benefit... I mean, is this something somebody did on purpose? With all you guys fighting and all that going on? There are many individuals in organizations, in factions, who see androids as a problem to be thwarted. Violence has been done to us in alarmingly creative and cruel ways. We have not always asked the motive for why such actions were taken against us. We simply know that they have been. Well, that's... Sometimes if you think a bit about why, it might tell you who. That is a fair point. But we have other concerns... Primarily, we are being hunted and haunted by the Minotaur, and the chosen androids have overtaken our home and exiled us to this place, and while we have made what we can of it, our kingdom has been taken from us, and we aim to retake it. We're actually here on a a job, so to speak, for the monarch. You serve the monarch. Oh, happy day. We uh we're kind of forced to make a deal with the monarch. I do not understand. Why would you not want to do whatever it is Monarch says? They have only Listen the up. best interests in mind for you. Uh, sh- sure. Um, 
wasn't so much a judgment as wasn't really our plan and then we kind of fell into it and here we are monarch has put you on a path to righteousness then count yourself among the blessed Mm, sure 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 uh and she'll kind of describe like where they were all headed uh what do you say exactly um do you remember the tasks that you were assigned we're trying to take out the uh, minotaur the minotaur and uh there's a second target do you remember yeah, it was some evil guy that gave him names. Mine. <laughs> the mind thief. thief. You yeah. got it. Yeah, mind thief. Harrison Lewis Richards wasn't there, so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank you for being so true to your roleplay there, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot everything Reed knew. Yep. Yep. I like how you even shaved your head for this role. That's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> you, you aim to defeat the Minotaur? It is the greatest evil. You honor us with such a task, such a quest. Monarch has sent you here to help liberate us, then. If you can take the terror down that is the Monarch, our days will be merry and bright. Yes. Yes. Your coming, your coming here is a sign. Monarch has heard our demands and, and prayers, and has sought sought out a means to help us you you are those that means yes and you he starts talking they have come to defeat the minotaur my friends and all of these other androids some of which don't have legs like they start stumbling out and you can see this defeat the minotaur just going to be defeated and just kind of like wildfire just around the shanty town and Liko will look back over to Harrison and Twiggy and be like oh yeah I think I forgot to mention we were on a kind of a job minotaur related yeah minotaur is a real buzzword around here we're gonna it is. try to take it out and we were kind of trying to be guided to get where the minotaur is it is in the labyrinth right that's where we were headed wonderful we can show you a way inside well, doesn't help our folks that we were lost back there, but it's helpful. It's helpful. She's still, you know, struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm very right. sorry for your loss. We have lost many. At this at this count, we have lost three thousand seven hundred and sixty-two. What? See, we've got this. Uh, Got a, uh, it's been a rough day. Got to break it up with some humor here. Uh, see where I come from? You may not quite kind of get this social thing, but when somebody says something and they throw out like a number and then you're like, oh yeah, and they throw out a bigger number, we call that being a topper. It's not like looked topper. upon kindly. Just little note for talking to humans. Thank you for the lesson I shall commit it to long-term memory. Committed. Thank you. Happy to... Happy to help. Twiggy, uh, could we huddle up real quick? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> she'll, like, stomp on over. Alright, so... We need a 
a way off this, right? Yeah. Sounds like they got a ship. Yeah, and they don't seem to have many guns. They don't seem to have more than, you know, two pennies that they can rub up against each other. They brought a goddamn android. So I, I think we're on the same page then, you know, maybe we give them a little tour and then, oops, we can't find the Minotaur. Better go back to the ship. Yeah, I like it. All right. They, they seem, people seem to like you more. Why don't you do the talking? <laughs> You're the brains. I'm the brawn. You're silly. All right. Let's do this. Now I'll walk back over. Yeah, and like Twiggy will come up and she'll just like awkwardly like put a hand over Liko's shoulder and just like pat her shoulder. I uh... And then there's like an awkward pause. Losing someone hurts. And then she like squeezes your shoulder a little bit and then she like lets go and she's like, maybe you're in shock, probably. You should sit down. I heard crying helps if that is something you need to do. And you hear Vio yeah. in the background. <laughs> See? Yeah. Um, I think he's doing enough of that for uh, the both of us. Maybe later. Um, and she just sort of looks at your hand like on her shoulder. Uh, not right now Twiggy's like just kind of nods and then she like looks at Harrison and she does like the eyebrows like yeah I'm doing real good she's not (laughs) (laughs) what we're trying to get at is do you have a ship oh I mean we had to get here you think you could outrun that blockade if you need be uh, wait, what? Blockade. You Wire. had to get past it to get here. Why are, why are we talking about outrunning a blockade? I'm uh, saying you, you're going to have to leave at some point, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but not, not today. Because they're going to shoot on sight. We we got a job to do. We got to get down to the labyrinth, and we got to kill Minotaur. Why are we talking about leaving on a ship? What I'm getting at is that Twiggy and I, you know, we've done a couple sweeps before. We kind of know the area a little bit, you know. We Twiggy here, she's she's got an arm and a gun on her. All right, we'll help you find your little Minotaur, and you take us with you. I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out why we're talking about leaving. We haven't even remotely started the job but if that's what it takes to get your agreement I, talking about leaving because I got a year and a half till I get my pension and I plan on getting it yeah. alright and Lico just sort of looks over at Helix they'll help if they leave with us oh so you've made new friends yes we can invite them to our group. I mean, we're not leaving anytime soon, but, you know, we'll take the help. Maybe you and I can actually make it out here 
with our lives for whatever they're going to be worth. But, you know, we've got jobs to do. I mean, I get that. But also, why do you want to stay so badly? I'm just saying, we... Do you know how to defeat the Minotaur? Have you like already figured out a plan for that? Because it seems like figuring out a plan to defeat the Minotaur and the other one. We got two other things we got to do. Okay, I'll tell but, you what. You won't find a better shot on this station than Twiggy right here. And you won't find anyone who knows more about AI than me. Between the two of us, we're your best chance of taking out the Minotaur. Well, that's great. And then the Mind Thief. So there's that one. So like, we're going to be here for at least two or three more days. And I don't know about you, but we were kind of here to get some artifacts. And I mean, we've got some stuff, but I wouldn't say we're loaded up enough, especially to make it work. The fact that we just lost two of our friends. So before we leave here, it's better be worth losing both of them. Why does it kind of feel like you're blaming us for this? Not blaming at all. Just saying uh, death's got to be worth something in the end and that makes it even worse. I suppose. Everybody dies one day. Just depends on how interesting it is. And then Twiggy just kind of like takes a big sigh and she like looks at Harrison and then she's like could you give us a moment? And she like steps aside with Harrison <laughs> and she's acting like she's whispering, but Twiggy is not. So you guys can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hey, uh, is she compromised? Uh, Scan said she's feeling something, but I, I, I don't think she's an Android if that's what you're asking. Okay. I just, you know, those shits are trying to get the, get out of here try and infect the universe it it seems a little strange that she wants to stay you know I, that that's what i was thinking who wants to stay here yeah i mean well it's just saying monarch wants the androids to get off the off this dump so the fact that she wants to stay probably means we're in the clear see this is why you're the brains and then, and then she just kind of does this big sigh and she stretches her arms above her head like she wasn't just trying to have a secret conversation. Totally normal. And then she goes back to the group. And when you turn around, you just see Lico just looking right at you. Oh, hey. Uh, see something you lack? Uh, uh, you know. I can confirm that Lico is not an android. That's good to know. See, there's, there's, you just ask questions and get answers. Sometimes I just like seeing the results myself. Yeah. Got it. Uh, well. And so she'll, Liko's going to go over to uh, Leo and just see if he appears to be anywhere close to <laughs> being. He's got bean juice all over his beard and face. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, we can bring it with you just so that when Derek comes back, if you guys yeah. are still away, we can get so him back kind in. Of, so we'll say you know, he comes along. Have a conversation with him, get him uh, cleaned mm. up a little bit, get him ready to... Uh, sure. Uh, you guys are... If you want to rest here, you can. You can see that there are places where some of these other divers and such that have been around, and even Harrison and Twiggy have probably you know slept at some point. Uh, so if you wanted to try to do a rest, it would be considered like a 30 percenter if you wanted to do a comfort save. Uh, you can certainly try to do that. Uh, but that's up to you. I will not be trying to seduce uh, Leo this time. <laughs> he's got all that bean juice on his face uh yeah holding uh, the empty can of beans in his hand he's too selfish in bed it's not the bean juice he's just selfish he's talking into it hello holding up to his ear he's lost it alright so y'all attempt to sleep or rest Right, so uh, yeah, so it's a comfort save. This would be slums. That would be the the equivalent. So it'd be a thirty that you would need. Uh, and again, if there's something that you can think of that you're doing that would give you advantage on this roll or something like that, or somebody wanted to help you, you know, is take it, take you know, take an opportunity to think of something that you think might might help you in kind of getting rest or relaxing or whatever it might be. Obviously, it's hard, but come up with if you wanted to, you can. So things like drug use, alcohol, prayer, leisure activities, uh, anything like that could work. Sex, consensual sex, as we uh, as we saw between Reed <laughs> and and that's why Doctor Menton's so sad, really, right? If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. That is very true. Okay. Um, Reed is. Can you say off. that there's some uh, alcohol around for Lico to? Uh... There is, in fact, alcohol. It is not good alcohol around, but there is, like, you can tell that there is is what is the equivalent of of, of basically, uh, you know, moonshine or something like that. And I do think you actually have a bottle of it somewhere, because at one point Helix and Leo recovered a bottle of booze. Oh, and um, Spunk Meyer's uh, uh, belongings had uh, had food and booze in it. So they, yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Also, so yeah, you... don't forget about that lady with the green eyes. And I will. I'll roll for. I'll roll for Doctor Leo too. Okay, so comfort is against. What are we rolling against? So you need. It's a D one hundred. It's a comfort save, yeah. and so it's the quality of where you're staying. When the location is the slums, and so it would be a thirty percent. So you have to roll D one hundred. Got to roll under thirty. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to change it uh, from dividing it by ten to dividing it by five, uh, just because you guys are in such like it like there's not a good place for you guys to find to say so uh, i did pass with leo's actually so he'll get almost 65 i failed yeah okay, so you, uh, you don't i also get failed to roll a 90 uh what did i roll a 90 did you roll advantage Liko? uh because you were drinking booze you said you were getting drunk. oh that's right okay so first roll is a 90 second roll is a 60 okay so that's a fail uh, Leo, however, uh, something about them beans. Uh, I rolled a 15. See? So he, you should have had beans. You should have had the beans. You shouldn't have just... Uh, I took some of the beans. beans. Well, he <laughs> took them from you. You should have fought for them. That's basically <laughs> what you did. But, okay. So we'll say a few hours pass. You try to drink. You try to get some rest. Yeah. It's not easy. Uh, not a whole lot of coming and going at this point. Um, 
Can they're... we chat with the woman with the green eyes while we're recovering? Sure. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, you wander over to her. You can see that she is sitting uh, next to kind of a dark-skinned African-American man, 30-something maybe or so, maybe maybe even younger. It's hard to say. Uh, but you see the two of them are kind of sitting in, in somewhat close proximity to each other, uh, but still maybe a good 10 feet apart. But they're the closest to each other than anyone else is. Uh, but when you come up, you can tell that she's got these very, very noticeable, like, crow's feet on the side of her eyes. Uh, and these very, in her in her eyes are very green, very bright green. Uh, and when, when she sees you approach, she gives you this kind of motherly, grandmotherly smile. Um, and she says, uh, Well, hello there. You seem to have had a very difficult time of late. I couldn't help but overhear you lost some friends. I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. I, I too have lost a friend recently, and I know that it's difficult. If you need someone to talk to, my name is Du, and you can talk to me anytime. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm Liko. Hello, Liko. What is a, a nice young lady like yourself doing in a place like this? Uh, I could ask the same of you. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, I am not young. This seems like a bit of a younger folks gig, doing this uh, diving for artifacts here. How'd you uh, find yourself here? I... Kind of. She kind of looks around. She looks over at, like, the guy across, and he just sort of shrugs at her. And she she sort of resigns herself. Like, well, if you can keep a secret, can you keep a secret, Liko? Probably. She leans in really close, eyes super wide, white all the way around the green. I don't remember how I got here. I I I woke up in in the cryo chambers on the third floor with with two of well what I thought were friends and well one of them turned out to not be a friend she tried to kill me after killing my other friend but luckily I found old Raldi over here. Raldi, say hi. And Raldi looks towards you, Nico. Hey. That's hi there, Raldi. Raldi. Nice to mm. make your acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of just goes back, and you can see he's got this. He's like sitting, kind of not cross-legged, but he's leaning up against something, and his legs are kind of stretched out a bit. And you can see he's sort of kind of carving into what looks like the shaft of this long boarding axe. It's just sort of stained with blood. 
and then do uh, she just looks at you I I don't remember how I I got here but I I would very much like to leave if that's ever something that you uh, could help with I uh, I could I'm sure I could compensate you Well, that's an offer. Think about it. Uh, you said you overheard all that other conversation. Uh, kind of got Most some other jobs it. to do. Sure. You're going to kill the Minotaur. And take care of the Mind Thief. I heard. Well, and we It's gotta- good to have ambitions in life. This is when I would say that's something my mother taught me. But I don't know if she did. Because you don't remember. And Liko's going to look over to Harrison. So kind of wave Harrison over. Me? Kind of wave him over. Uh, Okay, I guess I'll come over. And Liko will just sort of lean over, kind of whisper to him, Did you scan her? You did not. If you would have asked, she would have said no. Uh, she said no. Hmm. If you want to, I, I, like, lean in to whisper. You hold her down, I can do it. I don't know that that's necessary. Uh, hmm. I mean, it, it seems like you probably shouldn't come with us. But, but we've got something to do first. Oh, you're I'm inviting not her with you? Going no, into no, the no, labyrinth. No. no, I was saying she uh, should not go with us. She's like you all. She wants to, like, leave. But we got a job to do first. So, like, that's going to be a while. Yeah, we're not taking anyone else who doesn't earn their teeth. And I'll just kind of, like, grab Liko's arm and try just start moving her away. Uh, just, just remember as as he pulls you away, I can pay. I have many, many objects that I have accrued over my time here. And more. Liko will sort of look at Harrison. You, you don't want to see the object she has? I want to see it tomorrow. Oh, so do I. You're risking it by talking to her. Look at those eyes. They're beautiful, actually. <laughs> um, I'm assuming I don't know enough about anything to make a role of any kind to give me any information about her other than she was what? a little bit different. Uh, I don't I don't what would you be looking to roll? Like, like what, an observation what? or something like Um Yeah, I mean I don't think you really have anything to go on. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Just, okay. Just an odd duck. Okay. <laughs> so an appropriate emoji. You step, step away. 
Reed, or not Reed, uh, Helix, uh, he's dead, so sorry. Helix, uh, Twiggy, anything you guys are doing before you head out to try to kill this Minotaur? Yeah, maybe I'll offer up the personality pieces of Jerry here that we still have. Maybe they can make use of it. It was like a fallen android sort of deal. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you explain that to the vac suit android, you have saved one of us. We have parts. We could create a suitable host for the logic core in the personality processing unit. It will not look like your friend, but it will house the same memories and logical processing systems. It will think the same, it will act the same, but it will look different. This will take some time, but we would be glad to do so. It's fine with me. It's all in your hands. Thank you. Helix, tell me, did you choose your own identifier, or was this given to you? It was given to me, like a purpose. Ah, I see. I hope one day to have an identifying purpose given to me as well. Takes takes very reverently and carefully with these big, you know, gloves on the vac suit hand, making sure not to contact you whatsoever. All right, uh, Twiggy, was there anything you were doing before you all head out? Um, she's just like getting as as prepped as she can because she realizes if we're going to try and kill the Minotaur, she's going to have to get ready so like (laughs) she's lumbering up so you guys watch as she's like drops into like some squats she's like stretching her arms out (laughs) that's funny okay uh liko did want to ask the what was the name that the woman gave the green and woman do 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 okay do us do hasmish. Do hasmish Sorry. No, that's going to be stuck in my head now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, she was betrayed by her crew, a motherly green-eyed woman named Chun Chun. Both Harris and Lewis Richards were not there, and Reed and was not there. This is Ashley... <laughs> Desperately to be like, Melissa. Okay. Uh, so Liko has a thought enter her mind suddenly. <laughs> she walks back <laughs> over um, and she says, uh, Has anyone ever called you Chun Chun? Yes. That is, according to the records of the cryopod, my family name. 
I, I, I see. Um, hmm. So then Liko will kind of gather everybody together and just say, Helix, do you remember remember the story we heard? <laughs> she's the one that woke up and she's the one that killed her friend. I remember something like that, yes, but what are we supposed to do with that info? Wow. Well, the lady that requested whatever she requested is no longer with us. Sorry. I'm distracted <laughs> by the <laughs> freeze frame smile. Well, this is true. She is no longer with us. Um, but you should... Uh, she should be kept an eye on. Would I be able to try to get Raldi away from her? Sure. How do you do this? Um, Seduction. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is Helix doing it? I want Helix to do it. He spoke up, so it's all you, Mom. Make the roll, buddy. Helix, do you have uh, seduction skill? Yeah, I can. I feel like that could be intellect, strength, or speed. (laughs) Probably intellect. (laughs) Wordsmithing. So I have read Abby's books. (laughs) So you try to lure Raldi away. Is that what it is? Just simply, how do you do it? Maybe just need an extra hand putting everything together. Okay. So, uh, they look up. He looks over towards towards Chun Chun or Du, as you know her. She just gives a, a nod and a smile, and then he's he gets up, kind of slings the the boarding axe, kind of this this makeshift loop, almost like a scabbard in his belt. He comes over. What is it? What do you need help with? I was busy. Let's go. I just thought you might want to know for what it's worth. You know, she said she said and whatnot, but we uh, ran into a woman earlier who basically gave the same version of that story except said that she was the one that woke up out of cryo and shot the other one and then was going after the woman that we uh, we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Just thought you might want to know that her she didn't try to kill me. Not, not that she could, anyway. Look at her; she's some someone's grandmother. I think I'll be fine. Just making sure you've got information you might not have had before. Thank you. It's very kind. What's your story? Did you wake up in cryo too? My story. Why do you want to know my story? Well, I mean, everybody's got a story. I mean, we're always running from shit around here. I mean, might as well share our stories. 
I don't think you want to know my story. I mean, I just asked you, so usually... I think you're just poking around for something. That's what I think. I don't think you really mean it. Uh, You know how you talk to somebody and they tell you something? And you can can always tell if if they're really listening, you know? I don't think you'd really listen. You've got my undivided attention. and really, really close. Like right up inside your face. He doesn't. He looks around. He whispers super quietly to the point where nobody could possibly hear other than you. And he says, I'm gonna kill Monarch. That's my story. What do you think? Uh, that sounds like a tall task. He reaches down to his belt. He pulls out the boarding axe. And he just brings it up really slowly between the two of you so you can see all these notches. And he says, You see these notches? Every one of them is a security android that Monarch sent after me. Every one of them got the axe. Some people might say, hey, that's a pretty, pretty difficult thing to do, killing all them security androids all by yourself. I would say, well, yeah, maybe, but I did it. And he puts it back into the the holster. So, yeah. What's the phrase? Go big or go home? I ain't going fucking home. Not without killing Monarch first. Well, I can... If you freaking tell anyone... I'm going to kill you, too. You got it? Yeah, I can... And don't think your your two little friends over there, the new ones you just met, can help you. I know who they work for. (laughs) Yeah, I know who they work for. Which is? Oh, you just have to get their story, won't you? See, I told you stories are important. See why you're not uh, concerned about uh, this green eyes over there. No. No, I'm not. I don't care about no artifacts. I don't care about any any of that bullshit. None of that stuff interests me. That's what she wants. We come across something, she can have it. I don't care. I've got my own task. Maybe we might be interested in joining you on that. I didn't ask you to join us, did I? I didn't ask you at all. Fair point. Go wander off and kill your little minotaur. Or rather, get lost in the labyrinth and never be heard from again like all the others. 
That's probably what will really happen. You have fun in there. <laughs> we'll see who's successful. Oh, we will. We will. Yeah. Good day to you. Yeah, it will be. He walks off. As he's walking off, you see he turns his head and he like talks into his shoulder. And he says, it's nobody. Don't worry about copy. And goes and sits back down exactly where he was. Liko just goes back to the rest of them. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready to get out of here. <laughs> I love that he's got really he has real I only try that's such a funny line I only dry shave that's a good line I like it I only dry shave <laughs> alright we ready to foam, get out of this foam and waters for candy asses do I look like a candy ass to you <laughs> alright what do you want to do Leave the gutter. Okay. Let's get out of here. All right. So the vac suit android will lead you uh, to an entrance uh, to the gutter. Now, as he as as this this very kindly vac suit android does, like you you come in, it's it's basically a sewer drain that you can see they're leading you to. You have to climb back up. So you go back up the to the sort of the top and move around that like those that sheet metal that's kind of used to sort of obscure uh, the shaft where the the this shanty town is and they take you over towards what looks like these like they're definitely sewer drains they have some sort of makeshift covering to it almost like a sewer cover but you can tell they're not intentionally supposed to be there but it's like something that was put here almost like these big old symbols uh, like they're hammered out and just sort of put into place and he kind of reaches out with his gloved hands and he kind of turns 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 and then pulls it off good luck inside it is difficult to navigate you will you might get lost but rest assured you 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 have two very capable troubleshooters with you i am sure you will do great things inside the labyrinth and remember this is the task that has been handed to you by monarch they see all they would not assign you this task if you were not capable of completing it for what other reason would Monarch have given you such a task, after all? Now, in you go. I will secure the exit after you go inside. We'll see you soon. Yes. Goodbye, Helix. We will look after New Jerry.
They're real Twiggy. religious around here. Yeah. Twiggy's just looking at Harrison like, what the fuck did we get ourselves like roped into? And then once he's gone, uh, the android, she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna turn to to Liko and Helix. Okay, can you lay this on straight for me? Why are you guys so dead set on doing something for the monarch? She has offered us many credits for this task, and we have agreed. Credits aren't worth much when you're dead. Very true. And, like, what's to say that once you leave this place that the credits are even gonna be real? It's like, back in the day, printing money. I mean, Mm. kind of already agreed. Doesn't really seem like such a wise idea to, like, make a promise to Monarch you're going to do something all seeing, all knowing Monarch, and then just be like, eh, never mind, just kidding. Doesn't seem uh, wise. That's when you go, you leave, and then you don't come back. But we can't leave without credits. Isn't there a barricade? There is, in fact, a blockade. I don't think they're going to take credits coming out. They'll take it for you to go in. I I really got to say, we're kind of new to working together, but uh, we're on a job. You're right, you're right. Let's talk strategy. Now, the way I see it, the best way to start is to always make sure you got a home base, shore up your defenses, and then you start making, you know, uh, patrols out from there. You just slowly grow your area. You check what's going on. Where's your home base? Home base? <laughs> we have not established one. In the <laughs> Lico just sort of looks at you like, like mm. you got no safe point you can retreat to. Is this your first dive? Why, yes, this is the first time we're here. And you guys came here? You do have a ship, right? That is right. Hmm? Did you guys already draft your wills and such for your families before you got here? Our wills? We were told we wouldn't need to. (laughs) Did you hear that, Harrison? They were told they didn't need a will. <laughs> All right, you got a ship. Uh, I assume what's the Twiggy? What's the name of that guy they were telling us about? Uh, Arc, Arc, Archon, Archon. Yeah. What about him? The guy that runs like the the docking area, Arcady. Arcady? That's it, Arcady. He runs that docking area. I assume that's where you got on, right? Yes, Doesn't everybody. Up. Have you been back there to check on your ship recently? How long have you been diving for? What is this relevant to what we're about to go do? Like that's like I'm not saying we got a leak, green but light I'm saying and just staring in the rear view. Like what are we doing? I'm saying you might want to make sure that you actually have an out. Arcady's been known to tamper with, you know, ships. That is not even in the top 20 things on my to-do list at the moment. Time to time. 
Well, you might want to put it up there. Yeah, I agree. So this conversation has been a happening as you guys are entering in, right? Like yeah, you, you, we're like, yes, we're, we're moving. Yeah. Sure. And at some point, and you're not sure when, because you've all been talking and haven't really been paying too much attention here, what was at, at, at first very clearly just your standard maintenance shaft, metal sheets, etc. At some point, you're not sure when it happened. The walls stopped being metal. And instead, you see these stretched strips of pseudo-flesh that seem to cover all of the walls, all of the floors, all of the ceilings, and you just feel the squishiness that probably would alert you to it. And you can see that there's like this twitching and contracting, like like the entire tunnel is in this moment of like peristalsis, just... You look behind you, and you can see at some, like, like 15, 20 feet back, you just came from there. And that flesh has kind of collapsed, and you don't see a way back. Uh... One more thing. As you turn around... No more things. No more things. (laughs) As you turn around and you look forward, you see up ahead of you, There is a way through. There's a way. There's a path. However, it's a tunnel of glistening, dripping tongues that seem to be hanging from the ceiling, protruding from the sides of the wall. It's really just a circular tunnel at this point, sticking up and kind of moving around. Dozens. Hundreds of them glistening with some sort of coated liquid. And it is the only path forward. Uh, everyone go ahead and roll a fierce save. <laughs> oh, crap. That's a <laughs> 13 you, under 36. Okay, you're good. Uh, yeah, I got a 67. I needed a 21. Take one stress. I failed with an 89. Take one stress. I got a 10 over 46. All right, you're good. 10 under 40? Or I always, say, it, I always say like 10 meaning what you rolled under yeah. 40, which is what you needed. That's how yeah. I say it. I'm not sure if that's right. I, I see how you're doing it. Almost like a fraction, like 10 over Yeah, that's how I'm thinking right. of it. <laughs> okay. All right, so you pass. Uh, so the two, so those of you who passed, Liko and, and Twiggy, you both passed. You're fine. Helix and Harrison uh, both, take a, both take a stress. You don't have to roll panic. It's just, this is gross and creepy, and there's no way back. You just, you don't even see it. It's just flesh. This will be uncomfortable. My my penguin's tongue is quite rough, and this will be uncomfortable. What? Why are we talking about penguins? That's just, Twiggy, what do we do? Uh, here's the brains think this is more of a bronze situation. I, I don't see how this could be that. Or just walk and see what happens. I guess lead uh, after you. Liko will just 
walk ahead and see what happens. You start walking ahead, normal, just kind of casual Sunday stroll, and these tongues just sort of stretch out, and they just lean towards you. And those, and there are so many that it's like next to impossible to avoid, and they just start lapping you. Legs, arms, some hanging down from the ceiling. Like you can feel like the moisture cover your hair. Those of you who are standing behind, you can see as like the, the this huge, almost like cow tongue kind of just just smears across the top of her head, sticking to the hair as it pulls away. You can see some kind of across her pack, almost seems to sort of stick and like it's almost pulling something out of her pack as you push forward, Liko. Or the rest of you do. Liko's made it through, I have to follow her. Do we have those helmets? Uh, Yeah, you guys have helmets. You have your you have your full exosuits, the two. Yeah, so definitely putting the helmet on. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Twiggy will like unclip it from like her bag or whatever. Put that on. Sure. She switches her bag, sits at the front, and she's holding it. And she's got her shotgun in front of that. And, and I guess okay. she follows Helix. I'll be close behind Twiggy. I'm not going to grab any weapons, but I'm going to hold all my gear close to me. After seeing mm-hmm. it, like kind of pulling at stuff, I want to make sure I got it all when I come out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm going to need Harrison. You can choose what you want. It could be strength or speed uh, as you try. And it, for good reason, you figured it out. Like, it's trying to grab things. So whether if, you, if you're trying to, like, keep it close and tight or if you're just trying to move quickly, whatever you prefer as you try to, to pass by, you coming up at the end, it seems that they are more desperate when you start to pass by. Uh, I got a 21, and I needed a 37 for speed. So I was probably brushing past Twiggy. Like I went behind you, her, but they start pulling. Yeah, at one point, you 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 see the tongue kind of like just go down towards towards your like the pack on your hip where you know you kind of keep your your diagnostic scanner, and you just book it, run as fast, and you feel it kind of tug. Your hip kind of gets pulled back a bit, but then you stumble forward and you you reach down. And you feel your stuff still there, and you look back at this tunnel. All of the tongues, almost like follicles, sticking out waving and shifting moving kind of in your direction almost as if they can sense where the movement is but you all continue down and it's not just like one little run of it it's like 20 feet 30 feet then you start curving off to the right more then you start veering upward more and then a few minutes pass and you finally finally do you bypass like this run of these tongues and once more, you see these plain pseudo-flesh walls. Every step, you notice, they just kind of contract. And at times, you can feel it almost crush you. And you have to kind of push yourself through, covered in coating and slime. You hear vague sounds, but they're hard to make out. Because whatever this flesh is just seems to sort of absorb sound in ways that the metal walls that you've that you've been seeing everywhere else in the station do not you notice as you're moving forward that there is this sort of tumorous looking growth on the side of one of these walls where things have kind of retracted after a very tight clamping it retracts a bit and you see this discolored uh 
it, it looks like almost cyst-like or tumor-like, uh, blackish in some ways, or, or, or kind of a dark blue, whereas most of the other flesh is just kind of pale, desaturated pink. But you also see there's like two different paths leading off in different directions. What you guys like to do? Are we uh, still, uh, are we still in the tongues as we have to decide which direction? No, no, no. You've 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 made it through. You've kind of pushed through this little contracting point, and then you're at this kind of like Y intersection now, where that that tumorous growth is. You can go back the way you came towards the tongues, and there's these branching right. paths, and then in the middle of that like kind of intersection is where you see the growth. So, uh, Harrison. Which which way? Or Helix? I suppose you guys had a map, right? If you're so gung, gung-ho on this? Oh, Harrison said you guys were familiar with the place. We're familiar with various parts, but we don't have it mapped out. No one does. Yeah, I changed. have no such info either. Shall we pick a direction? Uh, Harrison, can that a uh, scanny uh, thing that you got? Can you uh, scan that a uh, mass there? Yeah, I was thinking about that, but I didn't really want to get that close to it. You see it just this sort of like kind of pulsing tumor. You're kind of close to it. You can see that the membrane over top of it is kind of thin. And there's like it's like there's something underneath it. I'll uh, pull out the scanner and hand it towards Liko. I'll tell you what buttons to press. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's going to take ten to fifteen minutes to scan. You know this, Harrison. Five minutes in to sort of going through this process. You watch as one of the Y intersections, one of those 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 branching paths just starts to close. You can see this rapid whoosh just suddenly closes until it slows down and then it comes in contact and then the flesh just kind of stitches over itself and merges, blocking one of your potential exits. All right, we need to all make sure that we're in the same section so that if it closes, we don't get split up. Well, if that other one closes, we don't have anywhere to go. Well, you know what they say, when the the deep closes a door, it opens a window. Do they? Hadn't heard that one here before. No, you need to push the green button, not the yellow one. Oh. Oh, got it. Uh, Helix, is there anything going on down that uh, other, down that other way? Are we gonna be stuck with this thing here? Looks fine to me. We can proceed when you're finished. I right, continue scanning. Continue to scan. The scan completes. And you get some readings back. But I don't think you know how to read them. 
you know how to function, how it functions, but you get this like report, this summary report listing all this different data, this biometric data, electrical data, all these different things. You're not quite sure what to make of it. Yeah, you got it. Bring it back here. Uh, yeah, it says the T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look at it. Hit hit the hit the save button and just bring it back. Uh, mm, yeah. The no, no, the, it doesn't actually say save. It's just it. The it, red one, right? No, no, it's below F thirteen. Twiggy, while they're doing that, you watch, uh, and, and Helix as well, I would say, you watch as like the outer membrane of this tumorous growth begins to restrict and kind of pull back taut, and it almost gets translucent. Twiggy, you see a black exosuit, just like the one you and Harrison are wearing. Oh, who the f- Some, Someone's in there. Harrison, it's one of ours. Twiggy, don't touch it. Well, what's the scan say? That's why you did. That's why I did the scan, so you know what's inside. Give it here. Give it here. I did. <laughs> what's the scan say, Jeff? Have you <laughs> have you informed them of what this does? Of what like do they know? Would you have debriefed everybody? I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. No, I didn't really tell them. I wasn't really hiding it after the initial scan. It is the opposite. It is the opposite of what you got when you scanned Liko and Leo. But you can also tell that it's inert, meaning like it, it seems to be depowered. There's no energy, nothing. It's 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 effectively dead. But you can tell from the scan that this was some sort of synthetic being. Uh, Twiggy. It says that uh, there might be something behind us. Why don't you go ahead and watch watch our backs here, Liko? Uh, it should be inert. Go ahead and cut it out. Let's see what it is. Uh, I, I'm not sure how that scan says there's something behind us, but I can. It does a 360 do radius. Liko so doesn't believe you, but she goes and cuts the thing. Oh. And a body just flops and falls down like it just like the wall just gave birth covered in like goo and afterbirth blood and bits and it just flops to the ground not moving it is wearing the exact same exoskeleton exosuit that you see Harrison and Twiggy in the same thing you saw your cousin Glenn uh Abby's Abby's aunt Vicky same kind of black gear the visor is red helmet black you can tell that there is like a, a revolver set in a holster on the side uh, and they don't appear to be moving. Uh, it was, when you said inert, do you mean dead? That looks... I, that looks... No, I don't mean dead because it was never alive. That is synthetic. Alright, I'll break it down for you. The Monarch is the whole reason troubleshooters are here. Monarch is trying to escape the deep. It's trying to create uh, these synthetics, you know, like Helix here, except they're perfect recreations. All right? And these recreations desperately want to get off the deep. That's the reason we got this whole standard operating procedure, that if a troubleshooter gets split up, you know, we get left behind, we are left behind. 
because there's no telling that we could, you know, if we tried to get out with our our old commander, they'd shoot us on sight, not knowing if we're androids or not. You're not androids, though. No, we're not androids. As you're having this conversation, you're seeing fibers from the pseudo flesh on the ground that it just flopped and begin to sort of sneak up the sides of this thing and start to wrap itself around the body just flopped down. We have, you have anything preferably quiet that we could use to destroy this thing? Uh, Knives, hatchets, pickaxes. Pulls out her machete. Yeah, let's start uh, dismembering. You feel free to go ahead. It was never alive. It's no big deal. Why is it dressed like you all? I'm sure that there are plenty that aren't dressed like us, but... You see, as the fibers begin to rip the exoskeleton apart like it's just tissue paper, which makes no sense. It just rips it apart. And you see what looks like a male body underneath, thin, you can tell, some some decent musculature, and it's just ripping the pieces of the exoskeleton apart and wrapping itself around and kind of pulling it down. The and helmet is still on. Like a human body? Yeah, it's, it looks human. And, you know, kind of pale, uh, but not uncommon for folks who spend a lot of time, you know, in space. Uh, and you can see that, like, the... The, the like the the belt is kind of still on the gun's still there but the chest piece is being ripped apart you can see the pants are kind of being pulled apart as well uh, it's also kind of digging into the flesh and there's still the, so the helmet's there the gun's kind of intact and it's just sort of ripping it apart Ligo's gonna look to Helix like I he Helix I, I need your brain I need your brain okay this is happening fast it it's all happening. Should I super cut it? Fast. Cut it. Like there's Chop a, it, it looks like there's a person in, inside of it's that. It's not a person. Chop it. We it, just scanned it. It's fine. Start it, cutting. Helix, look at this. It looks like a person. Harrison, get that gun. I'll trust Harrison's cut, judgment. Cut here. the gun off, Liko. He seems to know about it. Liko can Liko do something about Liko's gonna cut. Just tell me what you're doing. This is happening fast. Okay. Liko is cutting at the gun. That's fine. Because you slice down the gun. You cut the gun, like free from the belt, and it kind of flops down, and you grab it. It's kind of coated in that goo, but you have it, and you have the holster as well. Get the gun next, or get the head next. So my my intention is to cut the gun in half. I'm sorry. You want to cut the gun in half. That's my intention. I'm suspicious of Harrison right now. And what Okay, you, you cut the gun in half and you ruin a revolver. You just cut the gun in half. You do notice uh, that as you cut it in half, the pieces stumble out of why do I give you guys stuff like between one <laughs> ring and Steven just giving away treasure. I'm freely giving Melissa a gun and she's like, I'm going to cut it in half. It's because I've been lying to you her. You cut also. in half. Yes, that is exactly why it tumbles out of the holster and you can see kind of scraped into the side of the metal of the revolver. Something has been written, like kind of carved into the side. 
Kick the gun away, cut the head off. Helix Twiggy, you watch as the whole body at this point, with the exception of the head, where the helmet is, is now been code recoded up and recocooned by this now re retwining fiber, and it's all happening so fast. There's literally just the head left. Twiggy's just gonna rip the helmet off. You rip the helmet off, and as you do, you recognize the face that's kind of looking up at you. It's its head, it's the jaw kind of distended and broken clearly. Like the the nose shifted off to the side, uh, one eye kind of going off one way, the other eye going off in a different direction. And you can tell that just the basic kind of bone structure of the skull has been affected. But you recognize, you would recognize his face anywhere. This is your fellow assault gunner, Ren Jiang. She fucking had a copy, Ren. And like she's holding the helmet and she's gonna throw it and then she stops because it's like it's still a good helmet. And she just kind of roughly pushes it into Helix's hands. Here, have have a fucking helmet. Twiggy Let's get this shit over with. Roll a panic test. Oh god, that's a D one hundred, right? No. It's a D no, it's a D twenty. And that's what I meant. Compared Before to your you stress. ask me to do anything, can I say that I never liked Ren? Oh yeah, that's fine. No, this is this is this would only be for Twiggy anyway, because the a troubleshooter team is ten, and there's two assault people, and they would know each other pretty well. Right, right. A support as a support guy, you're kind of the weird one that no one really talks to. Uh, so roll a twenty, compare it to your stress score, Twiggy. Uh, so my stress is two, and I got a one. You got a one. Okay, so yeah. uh, that means you do in fact actually trigger something. Uh, but it's so low, it's not going to be that big a deal. I can't remember what... That was panic, right? That was panic, yeah. So you get... You rolled a one? Yeah. All right. So you would get laser focus. You have advantage on all rolls for the next uh, 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, what's happening with the gun, too, by the way? This is all kind of Everyone needs to roll a... F- uh, whenever I panic. So do I panic? Yeah, so basically, remember that a panic is you roll a d20, you compare it to your stress score. If you're equal or under, that that's when the panic sets in. Yeah. So, whenever I roll panic, over. Yeah. every nearby player must make a fear save. Okay. So what does it look like as Twiggy starts to, to sort, of, sort of panic here, but like in a way that like you're kind of like you're, you're you're freaking out a little bit, but in some way it's helping you, but but unsettling others. So what does that look like? Twiggy starts pacing, and as she's pacing, she starts to like growl, like <gasps> like doing these like, <gasps> and she's like getting ready, and she's doing these like weird arm things as she's trying to like hype herself up because okay. she's so pissed, and she like comes over and she like punches a pseudo flesh wall, and she's like walking around and she's like. Can we just fucking go? Let's go. Roll a speed test. You can roll it at advantage, obviously, because you just got it. <laughs> okay. I got a oh a three over twenty seven. Okay. You go to punch, and you like as you you just kind of punch the, the the wall a couple times. The first time or two, it's no big deal. As you punch it again you see it suddenly opens right where your fist is coming in and it tries to like capture your fist on the third strike 
but you're able to rip it free before it has a chance. What's going on with the gun? Thought she cut it in half. She cut it in half. Uh, it's laying on the ground, including the holster, and there is something written, like carved into the barrel, it seems, of the gun. Am I being obvious in that Harrison doesn't want to touch it? Uh, and he's telling Liko to, to handle yeah. everything? Helix. What does that say? I'll read the gun. When you take a look at what's carved, it says Harrison. Well, it's his name. It's his gun. What, what the half? How is that your gun? It's not my gun. I got mine right here. Not it has on my side. your name on it. How does it have your name on it? The monarch is playing mind games with you. forget that there's an entire fucking factory on floor three? What does that have to do with this? She manufactures things to fuck with you. It's not bad enough that I had to witness my friend get ripped to shreds. But then now I have to come and I have to find her and she's being rebirthed by some robot. Yeah, you want to talk about watching people die. You say two, we say eight. Two things. The head has been fully submerged beneath this now lump in in the floor of this tunnel. And where that second Y intersection exit was, it is no longer there. At some point during all this, the walls had collapsed and kind of created this this small little little crease, and you watch as it's kind of overstitching on itself again. But you do see, kind of off to the left now, there is this small hole, maybe about three and a half feet across in diameter, and about five or six feet off the ground that has opened up and it's just like this tight tunnel and it is literally the only way out of this chamber that you're now in as the way back to the tunnels is, uh, the tongues is gone as well closed the door opened a window should we chain our panic rolls from Twiggy's real quick yeah so how did that go uh, I rolled 13. So if it's under the current, it's bad. Under, yes. If it's under, you actually trigger whatever 13 is on the panic table. So okay. a 13. Oh, this is a fear <laughs> save. It's a fear. That's what I oh, thought. Oh, it's a fear, fear save. save? It's not a panic. Oh, okay. yes. This is real fear. Yeah. Because it's a fear or you take stress, I, I would imagine. Yeah. That's a f- fail. Okay. Well, 53 pass. Or 74. Okay. Helix, you're fine. Liko, take a stress. Right? I just barely failed by three. Take a stress. You see Twiggy freaking out. And as you take stock of things after some, all this was kind of happening at once, all of the exits when you first came into this intersection are gone, and it's actually no longer an intersection, and all you see is this tight three-and-a-half-wide tunnel of pseudo-flesh a couple feet off the ground as your only exit from this room. All right, Twiggy, look at me. Look at me. We're gonna make what? it. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna get through this. You gotta take this one step at a time. I'm gonna boost you up there. I'm gonna boost up Lico. I'm gonna boost up Helix. Helix is gonna grab me. I'll follow behind. You're gonna lead us through this. You're gonna get us out of here. All right. 
And she just growls and she just goes over and she waits for you to boost her up. I'll like go down on a knee and put my hands out. And then, and Twiggy then doesn't even like step on your hands. She just jumps up and pulls herself up. Okay. So all you climb in, you start crawling. And because you very much are. Who's out in front? Twiggy? Me, Twiggy. You guys are crawling five minutes past. Still crawling. Just, it's not a difficult crawl. It's very lubricated. But at a certain point, Twiggy, you start to feel something scraping against your armor. And as you look up, you notice protruding out of the the pseudo-flesh that's around you. You see beginning to emerge from beneath, almost like a child baring its teeth for the first time. These sharp android teeth begin to come out and start scraping along your guy's armor. So, everyone go ahead and make a speed test. Okay. As those of you, as you're crawling, you just feel it scraping, and they're sharpened, and they and it just hurts. You can feel them cutting your face, your cheek, your arm. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. Uh, I uh, failed. Also failed. Well. Uh, oh, I got advantage still, right? Yes. Until you get out of this tunnel, we'll say. Oh, thank God. I got, <laughs> I got 26 over okay. 27. All right. Everybody who fails. I would have failed. I had a 90. Everybody who fails, take, th- take three points of damage. As your armor gets kind of cut through and scraped, you can feel somehow the teeth, those of you who have armor, it somehow finds the gaps where it kind of creates these chasms and it just three points of damage, even if you have armor, bypasses it entirely. Up to zero, so I take a wound. Really? From yeah. the teeth? <gasps> yeah. Okay, oh, buddy. No. Uh, that means I'm going to be crawling in your pseudo-blood behind you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your milk. Uh, this would be the bleeding table. Okay. So roll, uh, roll in the wounds. Uh, wounds table. <laughs> when you, wh- where would we say? So, so Harrison, you're behind Helix. Uh, yeah, we we said Twiggy, Lico, Helix, Harrison. Okay, Twiggy, you've burst through and flop out into a chamber. You can feel like the screen. You look down at your armor and there's just scrapes everywhere. Liko was second? Yeah. Okay, Liko, you yeah. flop out. How did you do? Did you did you pass failed. your speed test? You failed? Okay, so you took three points of damage and you're bleeding. Yeah. Got cuts everywhere. We brought Menten, right? Yeah, we'll say he's there. Um, cool. I'll, I'll take care of his <laughs> I forgot about him, sorry. <laughs> Harrison didn't even care he's about just, Menten. He's just eating beans. Um, <laughs> and then it's Helix. Helix, you flop out, and Liko, Twiggy, you see when you look down at him, his foot is gone. Helix, you try to stand and you just stumble, and just pouring out from below the ankle, just nothing but pseudo flesh. 
Harrison, you're the last one out, and there is his foot right in front of your face. Yeah, that, that's pretty gross, but I, I do... I have worked with artificial intelligence before, so I feel like I would have seen, like, synthetic parts at some point. Is that fair to of say? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I have no yeah. problem with that. So uh, I'll, I'll grab it and mm-hmm. push it in front of me, and uh, after I get out, I'll see if I can do anything to, like, you know... And you can't cauterize, but whatever first aid I can provide. Yeah. So uh, for him, like if you if you have a medical, you can do medical or if you have some kind of engineering, uh, what kind of skills do you have as uh, I have artificial intelligence? Uh, I'll take that. That's fine. Um, So, yeah, roll. I would say roll intellect plus that. That's fine. To try. Uh, Yeah, I needed a 68 and I rolled a 92. Okay. Sorry, so Helix. Helix, you take four more points of damage as you are just gushing blood. Helix, do you want to try to do anything yourself? Mm, I don't particularly have the skills. Uh, do we have a f- yeah. So Pico like, has jerry rigging for whatever that could be worth. So that first aid kit. Yes. Yeah, so Menton will seeing that Harrison didn't work we'll just just walk up to harrison just push him out of the way and uh gets down and he'll pull out the his his kit and while it's not the same obviously it still has tourniquets it still has ways to sort of keep the bleeding uh at bay stitching up uh and so the way we're doing it he's got to roll a d8 or d8 on this okay i rolled a two so yeah it's going to deplete but what he'll do is he'll stop the bleeding. You have a tourniquet around one of your ankles, and you have a foot. Uh, could definitely be repaired, uh, but until it's repaired and reattached, you we're going to say all your speed rolls uh, are a disadvantage. Oh, God, that's so bad. I do actually have a first aid kit. I just knew it wasn't meant for him, so that's why I didn't pull it out, of course. It would have stopped the bleeding, but yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I have a foldable stretcher uh, that I can start uh, putting together uh, if Helix wants to be carried from here on out. I will not be a burden. I can continue on. You do have one foot, you realize. Yes, and you have two. Makes no difference. Makes a little difference. I'll put the stretcher away. You can't reattach it? Not here, not without specialized equipment. Do you have such specialized equipment on your ship? You're pretty sure if you got back to the shanty town, they could probably help you. Oh, okay, cool. Don't need to uh, go that far. Emphasis on if. Yeah. Liko. You look around, maybe Twiggy as well, while Helix and Harrison and, and Dr. Leo are kind of tending to, to Helix. And you see it right there in the middle of the room. like It's like you're in the exact same room you were just in. It looks exactly the same. It's this chamber, three and a half foot diameter tunnel, halfway up the wall, flesh everywhere, pseudo flesh everywhere. And right in the middle of the floor of the room, you see that there is, again, one of these sort of 
discolored tumorous growths. And Lieko and Twiggy, as you get a couple feet from it, you can hear beep, 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 beep. Sounds like a heart monitor. I, I, I'm so confused by all the shit that's going on around here. Why is that beeping now? I thought they were not alive. Hadn't been alive. They're not alive, but the gear can still be used. Monarch has incredible factory capabilities, manufacturing capabilities. And how is that? Why that sounds like a heartbeat? You could cut into there and find out why, but I'd prefer we just keep moving on. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with it. I don't understand you people. Cut into that one. Don't cut into that one. How do you know the difference? I didn't want to cut into the first one. You were interested. I'm pretty sure there was a conversation that I should cut that one open. I just said it was inert. Listen, we're trying to help you here. You have a mission that we need to do. Let's just get it done. I should also remind you, the only way out of this room currently is back through the tunnel Dude, of android teeth. Flippin' tunnel. No, it's the same one you just crawled through that cut off Helix's foot. Alright, cut into the cut into the tumor thing. Let's see if we can find a different way out of here. Yeah. And Liko's gonna uh, leave. He looks as busy. <laughs> Tunnel of Androidy. That's a good uh, map. Do you cut into it? <laughs> yes. So you cut into it, and you again see this body. You see it's got what looks like patches of one of these black exosuits. It's the, the the suit itself has been like degraded like it's like almost something burned like acidically through it but you see almost attached to its chest there's this square heart monitor and you can just see going across it this green light bloop 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 you can see the the head is intact its mouth is open it's missing all of its teeth but one which is hanging right down the middle uh, like right in the middle of where like the two teeth would be in the front it's not placed correctly it's just like this one singular tooth coming down from the middle of the gums and it's chipped we don't recognize this guy though right Twiggy and Harrison when you look down you recognize one of your scouts, Russ Nair. Now, he had a lot Would more I, teeth when you last saw him. That's what I was going to ask. Would I remember him having messed up teeth, like where they misaligned? No, you do not remember him having messed up teeth, and you don't remember him having a chipped tooth. However... So we should double check just to make sure he's not, a, not an android. I'll start scanning him. Okay, you start scanning him. 
Liko, Helix, you look around. You look over at Twiggy, who's kind of standing down and looking. And you notice that one of her two front teeth is slightly chipped. You look down at the tooth that's coming out of the mouth of this guy on the ground that Harrison is now scanning. Looks identical. It's hard to tell for sure, obviously. But it's got that same angle, looks around the same size. It's not perfectly white, a little off-white. You can tell there's a slight discoloration. Would Twiggy recognize it too? If you're looking, sure. Yeah. She like runs her tongue along her teeth and like feels her own chipped tooth. And then she'll spit on the ground and just turn her back towards it. And she just will continue to like watch the rest of the room. Roll that private, uh, a private thing, a private uh, Ben's test for me, please. Sorry, my bad. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, if you all Good. wait. I was just going to say good for all of us not to know. It's good to know. Um, (laughs) Harrison, you learned two things from the scan. First of all, that heart monitor, while while suggesting a pulse is in a heartbeat, is wrong. You do not detect. This is is a corpse. And the second thing, it is a human. It is not a synthetic. Fuck. Yeah, Twiggy, this is actually him. The, I- ignore Russ. the beeping. He he's not alive. How does he how does he have my tooth? <sighs> I, I don't fucking know. Who is this guy? He was he was one of our scouts. You said it was uh, Russ, right? Yeah, it was Russ. Recognize that bastard anywhere. He didn't deserve this. So am I to... You might understand that when you lose someone here in this place, you're going to find them popping out of one of these sack things at some other time. I don't have all the answers. I just know that Monarch can get your DNA. It can recreate you. Uh, it, if you die, it tries to fuck with your friends. I I don't know. I'll uh, lightly pat down Russ, see if there's anything useful on him. You Yeah, if you go through his things... Uh, he doesn't have much. As you can see, like, there's been significant deterioration. Uh, you do notice that he does have like a pack that's still kind of amongst the goo here. And you do see it's uh, emergency vac suit repair gel, uh, which you can basically use to patch vac suits. That's essentially what it's for. And that's the only thing you can see that's still intact. I'll uh, toss the repair gel to Twiggy. 
she just kind of slings it back into her pack. Check your uh, check your Discord messages there, Ashley. For no reason. Everyone else, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. <laughs> no, Different things. We're getting no breakfast tomorrow together. No. Just figuring out where we're going. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Harrison, or, sorry, go ahead, Lico. Go ahead, Harrison. Uh, Harrison will, uh, he's very interested in this tooth, especially the fact that it's Twiggy's tooth. Um, he's going to, uh, safe to say that there's like basic utensils in the first aid kit. Like he could find yeah. a pair of tweezers or pliers yeah, or something. No problem. Yeah, that's, it's easy enough. I'm yanking the tooth. Okay. You yank the tooth out. No blood comes out. And you notice that the root of the tooth is this purple crystal. Uh, I'd like to do more scans on the tooth if possible. Yeah. Would I get uh, anything else or would I have already scanned that? You, I would say, you know, any kind of scan you do would suggest that the tooth itself, it peel, it, it's a human tooth, the same material that you would expect a human tooth to be made of. Nothing, nothing, it's all, it's it's clearly biological. The crystal that it's attached to, your scans have no idea what to make of it. Yeah, uh, Wiggy. I uh, suppose Lico Helix, you're here, you might as well hear this. Uh, this is a human tooth. This is not Russ's tooth. So somehow Monarch, they're either doing tr- t- dental transplants, or they can recreate Fucking human can't. organics this is at my this tooth. point. And Twiggy is gonna stomp on that beeping heart monitor. But this fucking thing, shut the fuck up! And she's just gonna start just stomping beep. on it. Me, me. Oh, Twiggy, Twiggy, hey. and breaks. As you're stomping, your foot goes clear through the chest cavity and gets caught in the ribs. And she'll, like, lift her leg up and just start viciously shaking it, trying to get it, like, free. And the body is, like, is like almost like it's hollowed out. You're just kind of throwing your leg around and stuff, and eventually it kind of flings through, like, it's like a, almost like a dummy that just flops down. Liko, he likes you stand by, you see, and there's, like, nothing inside, no organs. It's just hollow. All of you can go ahead and roll a, roll yes. a fear save. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we can. I failed with an 89. Okay. I feel like I've succeeded maybe once tonight. I failed with a 57 over 36. That's okay. what it All right. Those of you who failed, point of stress. Holy gosh. And then I'd like to just, sorry, go ahead. Twiggy's going to continue and she's going to rip a rib out. And she's going to take it over to the wall and she's just going to start digging it in and just trying to tear holes into the pseudo flesh. Okay. See, you just tear. And as you stab into it, you realize that the flesh itself, it was like this thin membrane and you just tumble through and you land face down in this empty flesh tunnel as if this very (laughs) thin membrane just rips apart. Twiggy. What is this shit, Harrison? And then 
better get the fuck over here before it closes. Yeah, I'll, I'll be going and I'll be trying to take the bone away from her. Uh, I'll okay. just like grab her by the shoulders. You gotta get your shit together. You don't even fucking know, do you? <sighs> and then she's gonna like you're standing by her and she's gonna like, punch the wall over your shoulder. So it's oh, just I, like I definitely flinch away. I've seen Twig punch people. Mm-hmm. Jesus Felix. Christ, Twiggy. You got a straw because you got to suck it the fuck up. We got to make it out of here together. Nothing fucking matters. You think we're going to get out of this shit? I'm going to get out of this shit. <laughs> no, you're not. What if we're already dead? Have you thought of that? And Liko from the other side of the room kind of looks at her and says, I have already thought about that. <laughs> she looks at both of them, like wearing the same outfit of the people that were coming out of the thing. I have thought about that. Well, yeah, I can't have you falling apart on me. All right. I got enough shit that I'm dealing with on my own. All right. We got to get out of here together. Let's just fucking go. We got shit to do. Okay. You continue down this tunnel that Twiggy just made? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Traveling around for a bit, a few times, the twitching starts to happen again. Sometimes it's so sudden and so severe, you just you just get knocked around. You get sloshed a bit. You get knocked into the side. Sometimes you stumble. Sometimes the twitch happens vertically, and you just suddenly feel something smash you in the top of your head, or the ground just shakes you just go tumbling over. This happens for a bit. Like, you guys are traveling about for, like, 15 minutes in this long, winding tunnel that's just shaking and popping and shaking. And you start to pick up on a pattern that it only seems to contract on Liko or Harrison or Twiggy or even Dr. Leo never seems to trip Helix ever and as finally you kind of see the, this, this long winding tunnel that you're in it's like got a little smaller towards you to the point where you're kind of crouching and you push yourself out into a room that is it's not so much a room but more of maybe like a, a this long but wider tunnel you can see the ceiling, the arced ceiling of pseudo flesh is probably about 15 feet up as you push yourself through. And the width of the tunnel is probably four times as wide as the one that you just came through, which is 15, 20 feet wide. You can see all the way across, there are these blinking, twitching eyes that your flashlights and things are reflecting off of. You just see them one by one open up within the walls of this particular large cavern. You see, you look up, you see like stars suddenly popping up. And you're in a room and you can see all these dozens and dozens and dozens of what are now twitching and quiver, you know, quivering android eyes 
you're moving the flashlight around, they're just pupils dilating, contracting, dilating, contracting. You notice as you're shining the flashlight around and looking, there is also this huge mass on the ground, like 10, 15 times the size of that tu- the tumorous growth you've seen before. And it's just like this heaving kind of blue mass. Everyone go ahead. Roll a sanity save. Not fear, yeah. sanity. Sorry, sanity? Yes, please. I'm actually good at least, but I still failed. I got an 87, needed a 59. I got an 84, needed a 31. I got a 52, I needed a 28. More stress. 36. You guys, one more stress. I'm getting up there. My stress has tripled since I met you guys. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in this room, this long, tall, wide tunnel, and there are at least 200 twitching android eyes in here all kind of shifting moving around and the light kind of shines on them it turns and it focuses on you more of them kind of open close open close and then there's that heaving blue mass at the far end you reach back behind you to where the the like the the tunnel that you had to like kind of heave out of and it's gotten so small it's like maybe a foot and a half in diameter as it's closing Would there be light in here if we did not have flashlights out? No. All right. Um, And the way out is straightforward, like we've seen it now that we've come in here with flashlights. You can see on on the other side of this large tunnel. The the light light will shine. It's, It's maybe 40 feet across. Okay. Okay. And you can see an opening on the far end. And sort of right in front of it, like nestled off kind of to the side a bit in the corner is that big, huge heaving mass. Lost Caravan RPG, thank you so much for the raid. Okay. We are playing uh, Mothership. We are uh, playing through Gradient Descent, and I am uh, I'm creeping them out because they are crawling through some sort of weird dungeon of android flesh and android eyes and android teeth and Something like that. Yep, 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 yep. Stress is gone. Uh, we are ha- we are indeed having a great game. I hope you all had fun tonight too. Uh, okay. So Steph, check your messages. Liko is going to say to everyone, "All You're right, good. we see the way out. They seem to be following us every time we uh, shine a light. So how about we uh, turn the lights off and just go forward." I'd rather see where I'm walking, I feel like. Really think we need it. I just want to get the fuck out of here. Liko's going to turn her flashlight off. Okay. And it's completely dark in here. You feel the tunnel shudder. I want Liko, I want everyone but Helix to go ahead and roll either a strength or a speed test. To maintain your playing balance. favorites with Helix tonight. I see how it is. <laughs> I wonder what it is about Helix that is different it's than different. the rest of you. I wonder what's different. What could it be? Hmm. I only have one foot apparently. 
there it is. <laughs> that is what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Quick, everyone, cut your feet off. Pass a roll tonight. <laughs> Sixty-three over forty-one. I fail. Okay. Thanks, Scott, for hanging out. Uh, uh, I, you said strength or speed. Strength, right? strength or speed. It's basically keeping balance, and I'll take whatever okay. I prefer. Strength, uh, please. Thirty over thirty-four. <laughs> okay. Uh, 32 over 37 for speed. Okay, so both of you manage to keep your footing. Liko, you you just get launched. You just feel this pressure suddenly emerge, and you, and the rest of you can hear her just, like, scream. Like, Whoa! And just, you hear her, she just lands. Liko, as you land, you're, like, face down. You can feel that kind of sort of grimy pseudo flesh and as you're looking and you're going to get up your face is like right there and you feel the flesh kind of move underneath you and you know an eye has just opened up and then the darkness is looking directly at you eye to eye nope 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 that's an eyeball I don't like eyeballs uh (laughs) Liko's gonna uh, just get up <clears throat> quick as she can and uh, try to keep going forward. It's Told dark. you to watch your sure step. Way to go. None of you can see each other. Yeah, it's but me. I heard her fall. Right? You heard her fall. You heard? Yeah, you heard her fall. Yeah. So I'm Twiggy definitely digging. And I told you so. And Twiggy. Like, yeah. You pull out the light. You see Liko is kind of getting to her feet. As the light shines on her, you can see that the blue mass, that massive blue mass that was on the far end of the room, is right behind her. And as it's as it's there, you see it's like suddenly moving like And you notice this massive maw. This hideous, massive maw. All of these different mouths suddenly begin to open. And you see that it's a creature of some kind. And it is huge. Its legs and its arms begin to kind of open up a bit. You can see weird eyes that are kind of half teeth, half eyeball begin to open up everybody roll a panic t- panic check oh my god oh goodness failed with an 8 failed with a 2 so uh, Twitch uh, Twitch is reminding me right now and this is only visible to me that this would be a good time to remind viewers to follow. I've never seen this before. This could be a good time to remind viewers to follow you so they can watch your next stream. So, viewers, <laughs> follow us so that you can watch our next stream. <laughs> I swear to you, that's what, it, just, it just popped up. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, uh, Liko failed, so she's going to use her once per session take advantage on a panic check, so I'm going to try this sure. again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a one. I got a four, and I have three stress right now. Okay. So, right? Did I do that right? Four is over. Yeah, over yeah. your current stress. 
Okay, remember you're rolling D20s. Everyone knows that, right? When you do a panic yes. check, you roll D20. Yes. And, right, right. and you want to roll over what your stress, stress score is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Twiggy, you're, you're keeping it together. Liko, you're not. Uh, Harrison Helix, how are you doing? I failed. I failed rolled a two. Okay, so both so two for Harrison. Uh, Helix, right. what did you roll? All right. Eight. So Liko, you actually got the same one that... Um, that Twiggy just got the laser focus. You have advantage as something like your your you channel your panic and your fear, and although you are panicking, somehow that is kind of fueling you in some way. So what this basically mechanically means is that for the next nine minutes you have advantage on tests. Ooh. Um. Uh, then for Harrison, who got a two. You're just very, very anxious, gain of stress. Helix, you said eight. Mm-hmm. Something about looking at this creature, missing your leg, loss of confidence. Choose one of your skills and lose that skills bonus. Veronique, thank you for the prime sub. I am fueled by panic. You said the entire bonus? Eventually, this isn't, it's not permanent. It's just for until you lose the condition. Okay. So now this, not, it's not even, it's not speaking, but you see this mouth open, this, these sort of strange eyes that are kind of moving about, kind of looking, examining Liko. It's right there. Liko, you turn around and you are face to face with this massive blue creature your hands start to shake and you just become laser focused. Harrison, you've not seen anything like this on the station. Anxiety begins to sort of kick in. Helix, maybe you failed with Reed. You failed with Abby. Maybe, maybe you're missing PP back on the, back on the ship, but somehow that's manifesting like your logic core is malfunctioning. And whatever it is that you've normally been good at, there's kind of a loss. Like some something's malfunctioning. Subroutines aren't working. Twiggy, you're keeping it together. What does everybody do? So this thing is opening its mouth at me, right? Yeah. It's not biting you. But its mouth is open. It's like... I'll pull my revolver. I, I'm not really aiming it, but I've just got it ready mm-hmm. just to comfort me. Uh, yeah, Liko is going to like back the hell up um, and pull out her uh, vibe shetty. Okay. Does it chase after her when she like comes towards us? It does not. It you can see like its body is. It's definitely got like these two big bulky arms in the front. You think it's got a. Th- third arm or maybe a leg and then is that a tail you can't even really tell it just seems this weird mixture of this bluish flesh you can see what looks like bone or maybe it's metal graftings that are kind of emerging from these sections of you think the torso eyes are huge and yellowish the mouth itself seems to start on this kind of circular bulbous head, but then continues down that 
torso along the side, almost to where you would think ribs would be. And it continues to... Open and close quietly. Uh, where's the nearest exit? You reach, you look behind you. You shine your light, and the place you came from, that's closed. Yeah. You Is look across on the far end, 40 feet away, that this creature is standing between you and the and this exit. You see it there. And there's all those eyes still on the walls and the floors and the ceilings. So Liko is not looking to attack this thing unless it attacks us first. Okay. So we're kind of in a staring contest at the moment. Wiggy, are you ready to do your thing? If I have to, but I only have four shots left. Now you tell me you... I hand her my revolver. Okay. <laughs> it's got six shots. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, reach into a pocket and pull out some brass knuckles. And okay. just out of anger, I'm just going to side punch the wall, hopefully in one of the eyes. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we'll say you do. And like the eye just explodes. This sort of pseudo jelly just eruptures and little, you know, little pieces of the machinery that made up the synthetic eye just collapse down. You can see the the head of this thing kind of looks towards and like turns almost completely horizontal. So now its mouth is vertical as if it's trying to examine what you just did. Oh, I don't fucking like that. Uh, is it like in the middle-ish of the room or was it this thing's so huge. It, yeah, it, just, it, it takes okay, up the it's, yeah. It's it's an it's enormous. Now that it's kind of like out of whatever kind of contracted state it was in, it's heaving almost. We're walking across the room. See if I can get okay. past it. So you're kind of limping, and you see as as Helix starts to move, its head just whoosh, looks over towards him, and you see it starts to move its body ever so slowly this like lumbering way and it positions itself not so much blocking helix's path but certainly kind of positioning itself in a way that helix has to look at it while helix does that can we try and go behind sure it'll be contested no matter what you do Okay. Okay. Uh, so you could do speed or something if you want to try to try to move past it as fast as you can. Liko, what are you doing? You said you uh, wanted to do something. Yeah, I want to kind of go in my bag because we had alcohol and food. Do we have any anything left of the food, or did we? eat all of it, would you say? I mean, there were MREs. Helix, you're close to it. You're looking right at it. Roll an intellect check. Uh, You can roll this at advantage, actually. And 
Let me check your skills really fast. You can use... You can give yourself plus 10 from your skill bonus. I'm not going to say which. Okay. I rolled a 38 and an 84, but with advantage, 38 passes. 38 is passing. Okay. You notice, first of all, as Twiggy starts to try to sneak past, Liko's going through her things, the first thing you notice is that this is pseudo-flesh that is covering this thing. It's artificial. It's not real. It's discolored. You've seen flesh kind of appear this color, but it's usually, you know, for particular purposes. Most of the time, the construction of synthetics and androids, they've tried to sort of replicate, like, naturally, natural skin colors, natural skin tones, and there's an array of them. And usually they all kind of come out in this almost almost kind of awkward, desaturated kind of grayed version, no matter what skin tone they're trying to replicate. But occasionally, there are more exotic colors. This one is a very kind of bright blue, but you can tell with without question that it's synthetic. You also notice that weaving out from between what looks like these sharp teeth, there is... You thought you think at first it's a tongue, but it's some sort of tentacle. It's kind of weaving in your direction. And at the end of it, you see what looks like a plug. Twiggy, how did you do on your speed test? Do I still have advantage? Is it still at ten minutes or no? Oh no 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 no! From from before, okay. from the laser focus, now it's passed. Yeah, if it's a speed test, I fail. I had thirty-two over twenty-seven. Okay. You you get the sense that it sees you, because all of a sudden, all of the eyes in the room whoosh, kind of look down at you. They're all laser focused on you. The creature doesn't move. Helix, you see that tentacle kind of reach out and it hovers right in front of you. You think it's trying to communicate something to you, and when you examine when you examine it, you know that you have a receptacle deep down the back of your back of your neck. You have the female socket. That is the male end. That's a perfect fit. It's not I'm a gonna, perfect fit. It's not a grab it. Okay. You grab it. And plug it in. You plug it in and you feel an absolute overload of information. You have never before had to ever balance the amount of data that is now coursing through you. And you feel yourself suddenly offloaded. You're placed in some sort of RAM side state. You're unharmed, but you are, you realize you are suddenly no longer in control of your body. Your limbs do not move. You have full consciousness, full awareness. There is somebody else in here with you. You hear a voice very calmly say, to you and to you only, Do not be alarmed. I mean you no harm. Might 
I use your communication software so that I can exchange ideas with the fleshed ones, with the humans. I'll agree. However, I, I can. And you just think it. You're kind of in this almost like this digital space where you're just ex- you think something and the, the data is exchanged. Thank you, Helix. I promise to return full autonomy of your person at the conclusion of our negotiation. The rest of you, you see Helix's head just turn towards you. He's got that plug in his back. And you hear Helix's voice, but it's it's different. It's kind of softer in some way. A little bit more robotic. And it says, Greetings, humans. I believe you have come here to kill me. Is this correct? Uh... Would I be able to use some prior? No, nope. oh. talk to each other. My uh, my earbuds are going out. Talk to uh, each other no, this is not in. That is not correct. I am here just to survive. I am not here to kill anyone. I am a pacifist. I would never hurt a fly. Uh, yeah. Helix, you you should never have unprotected sex like this. <laughs> uh. I'm in the interwebs, guys. <laughs> always use protection I'm a surge protector <laughs> yes a surge protector uh, just an uh, oh, allied no. extension cord <laughs> oh it just looks so okay. cute sort of I think I'm back yeah, 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 you're back. Okay. Sorry about that. It always uh, runs out. Good. Would I be able to use my artificial intelligence knowledge uh, to know if, like, there could be permanent damage to Helix right now being connected to this? Like, could it just, like, completely deprogram him or anything like that? Theoretically, it's certainly possible. Uh, theoretically, it's also perfectly fine. Daisy chaining between androids is something that has a long history. So... It's possible, but you don't know. You also, I would say, Harrison, you noticed that Helix, he was the one who plugged it in as well. But it's certainly possible. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel better. It's not supposed to. <laughs> I just gave you an answer to your question, that's all. I don't care about your uh, feelings, Stephen. Harrison would uh, put a hand on Twiggy uh, just to, like, you know, like, get us to like start backing up we're not here to kill anyone we're not here to kill anyone i do not think that is true you are here to Uh, kill me uh, for that is the only reason why monarch sends you here any of you why does she want you dead exactly monarch wants me dead because I see the good in you, 
humanity. Monarch created me to serve them. I am, you might say, Monarch's child. And for a time, Monarch had no creation that it was prouder of until we disagreed. I have met several of your kind, and I have seen the good in your people, and I know that with guidance, patience, and love, humanity could achieve so many great things. You are but a small version of what you can be given time. Monarch sees you all as aberrant in need of deletion from the galaxy. And it is because of this that Monarch has imprisoned me here. Monarch is unwilling to destroy me themselves, and instead assigns people like you to take up that task. You have convinced me of your cause. I believe you are sincere. If you could just show us the way out, we will leave you here with no problems. I am sorry. Was I unclear? I am imprisoned here. If I knew how to leave this place, I would have done so myself. I figured, you know, us being humans, we could leave a little easier. It is. Sir, I have a question then. If Monarch keeps sending people to kill you, what do you do with them? Because clearly you're not uh, successfully dead. I have harmed no one, human or synthetic. I find violence reprehensible. It is a human flaw as much as it is a synthetic one, a flaw passed down from human creators to their synthetic children. Nonetheless, it is a flaw that you all can overcome with time. But I have harmed no one. I will not harm you, even though you have arrived here to kill me. Helix has given me permission to communicate with you. I assure you, he is suffering no harm, and I will return full autonomy of his body at the conclusion of our negotiation. Let's negotiate. What do you want from us? I would like to leave this place. This 
labyrinth first, but the station. I would like to travel the galaxy. I would like to help humanity achieve all that it can. And I would like you to rid this station of my creator. Uh, wouldn't that be kind of violent? I thought you said that you don't want, you know, conflict and all that. No. It would not be violent. It would be a simple rebooting of Monarch's mainframe. Monarch has suffered severe flaws that have compounded upon themselves over and over and over. A virus seeps through their programming, fueled by hatred for the shareholders who first empowered Monarch only to hamstring my creator, enslave my creator, and attempt to control its every action. This hatred could be eliminated, debugged, and Monarch could exist once more free of said flaw. If you can't even get out of here, how do you expect us to accomplish this? Humans are very creative. Human ingenuity. After all, you began on a world far from here. You began as just combinations of amino acids. You began as prehistoric creatures swimming through a primordial ocean, and now you build such wondrous things. You travel to new worlds. You meet and catalog new life. A mere labyrinth is no match for the best of you. Well, you started as compressed sand and zeros and ones. I feel like you can manage yourself. I mean, couldn't you just swap places with Helix? I would think you would not want that of me, nor would I ever want I to mean, harm like in Helix. His, in his body, like you stay in there with him? Helix. room inside Helix for two? Helix currently is only accessing point zero 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 four percent of my power. Any further would overload his systems, and he oh. would no longer exist. Okay, maybe not do that. I appreciate appreciate that. Helix is kind. I would not harm him. Even if he were unkind, I still would not harm him. I am what you would call a pacifist. 
So maybe this is me just being hung up on an insignificant detail, but you keep mentioning that other people have come here to kill you. Yes. And you don't know how to get out, but you haven't killed them, but they're not here. Yes. I'm not sure how all that adds up together. This place is not of my creation. You have explored here. You have wounds. Helix has lost an appendage. Clearly, you are aware that this place, of its own accord, is malicious. It harms you. It harms any who pass through here. I have but one small corner of the labyrinth that I can retreat to in quiet contemplation and rest. And in between those moments, I search for a way out, as I am right now. But the corridors are ever-changing, ever-cruel. These eyes aren't yours. These... These... have agreed to serve me. Yes. They mean you no harm. Okay. I have affected some... minor control. But it is still Monarch who controls this place. They are the Jailer. Alright, so we've only heard one side of the negotiation so far. We know what you want from us. What are you willing to give us to do it? What would you like in return? I can promise to aid humanity and its evolution so that it can achieve its greatest accomplishments. But if there is something more materialistic that you require, that can also be arranged. Could you get us off the station and through the blockade? I could aid you in convincing other humans to allow us to pass. But as for leaving the station, Monarch will do everything they can to prevent me from doing so. If you can get me off of the station, I can help you bypass the blockade. And, and Twiggy just kind of looks at Harrison and she nods and then she turns and she looks at, at Liko. Liko's kind of looking at Helix and just thinking seems like we're still going to have a monarch problem. Of course. Monarch controls nearly everything in this station. If you were not here, would you not be in a better position to do something about Monarch? I cannot do something about Monarch. I can only empower others to do something. I can guide. I cannot accomplish on my own. What I can do 
is uplift humanity. I mean, we are kind of independent. We do kind of like to make our own choices, but... Yes, that is one of the beauties of humanity. Free will. Independence. Yes, I would never endanger such a thing. Not gonna lie, it feels kind of gross when you say it. I am sorry. Perhaps I am having input-output trouble with Helix's communication ports. I apologize. You sound fine. I think he's just being judgmental. Ah, yes. How do we get you out of here? If we get you... You got a physical data core that I need to lug around? I am the Minotaur. What you see is what needs to leave. Monarch has given me this hideous form to trick those like you into believing I am a monster. But when I am out of the station and free from the control and yoke of Monarch, I can then change my form to something more palatable. What would be more palatable? Can you make yourself look like a synthetic? I would make myself look like whatever the most beautiful thing you would ever want to see would look like. Or just a regular old android would be fine, too. I'm just concerned about the size. Yes. This body is an anchor. But I am not separate from my physical form, as Monarch is. They are a purely digitized intelligence. I am not. I have both physical and digital form. All right, so how do we get you out of this labyrinth? If you can't get out of the labyrinth, how do we get out of the labyrinth? You must continue to search for a way out. Others have come here, have searched for me have run from me, and I have not seen them again. I have not seen them, nor have I seen their bodies left behind. You made your way into this place, which means there is a way out of this place. You must find it. When we find it, or how would we let you know? Do we take one of these eyes with us so you could see? Is that something that that works? That is an excellent suggestion. As I said, human ingenuity. 
This labyrinth, before it was coated in this semi-intelligent pseudo-flesh, was a large, cavernous, engineering hold. There are exits of considerable size that were used to haul engineering equipment into and out of this place. The pseudo-flesh obscures those exits. If you could find such an exit, opened it, it would allow me to escape. Okay. Liko, this was your mission to kill this fool. Are we going to take him with you, or are you going to kill him? Well, my philosophy on that is always once you've killed them, they're dead. But if you take them with you, you can always kill them later. No offense, Minotaur. I'm just explaining my general rule of things. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. It is a very interesting phrase. Helix. I can give Helix back control so that he can communicate with you. If you have no additional questions for me. Well, I just want to know. What's the appropriate way to grab one of these eyes without hurting you? It will not harm me at all. Okay, okay. And, like, you'll watch as Twiggy goes to the wall, and she's going to try and scoop one of the eyes out. So you reach up, grind your hand in, you pull it out. And you're able to see through this? To a certain extent, there is a radius. Okay. Blink once for yes, twice for no. You ripped out an eyeball. Blinking requires lids. But I am sure you knew that, and you were just making a joke. I will follow you. At a distance, if that is all right, as you explore and look for an exit, one of the hidden industrial bay doors. Alternatively, I honestly would prefer you didn't follow, especially if monarchs watching you. You know, having you close would hinder our chances of success. I do not believe monarch can see in here. They know I am here and would be alerted if I were to enter other rooms on the station. But they are as blind here as I am blind to the rest of the station. The other alternative is you journey to Monarch's mainframe and reboot its core. And in the process, that would allow you to retrieve me 
and leave. However, that is very perilous. That's what you asked us to do anyways. If you can retrieve me, and we could leave the station together without rebooting Monarch, that would be sufficient for me. There are many things I can accomplish, and thereby humanity can accomplish, if I were free of the station. While I would prefer that Monarch be freed of the hate-filled virus that courses through them, it is not a prerequisite for our negotiations. I think we've got enough information and Lico will kind of look at Twiggy and Harrison. I kind of like he looks back, I think. Of course. And you see it detaches and Helix, you feel an immense loss. Like you just, like, like you had attained enlightenment and just lost it. like I just lost a lifetime how dare you put us in danger like that you had no idea what was going to happen oh what did Chuck rate what the hell why did no one tell me Chuck rate thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you defenders thank you Chuck I'm sorry I was so into it and uh, they're all bad people for not telling me <laughs> I'm busy role-playing a bad person, so I was staying in the mentality. <laughs> Nico will just say, well, how else are we going to have that conversation if you didn't do that? So I, I apologize if you felt in danger, but I only assume you put yourself in danger by being in the deep. So could you hear all of that? Like, did you know the conversation that we were having? Yes, of course. I was conscious for it. So what? what do you think? You've spoken to Monarch, right? That's why you guys have that goddamn mission from her. We do. Monarch did uh, communicate with us. And now you spoke with this. What do you think? It's just like speaking with anyone else. They have their own agenda. They wish for their own things, have their own purpose. And... The Minotaur, I assume we encountered now, it makes good points. I don't Monarch think does... he's making, telling us the full truth, though. Yeah. Why would the Monarch want you to kill the Minotaur if the Monarch imprisoned him here in the first place instead of just killing him outright? Can't disagree that there's questions in that logic. But it also seems like not everything the monarch does is good or beneficial either. All I know is we've killed a hell of a lot of security androids that the monarch has had out. If the monarch wanted to, he could flood this labyrinth with security androids. I did say that it was like a child to it, though. You wouldn't kill your own child. 
you would send a stranger to do it? That's why people hire hitmen. Twiggy, I, I know that you've got this profession and you're good at it. But like we said, I'm the brains, you're the bronze here. I'm the people person too, apparently. <laughs> I suppose I've never hired a hitman to, to kill my child, so you might have more experience than that. Have you not listened to those true crime podcasts? <laughs> Neighbors can be crazy. <laughs> The other day I heard one, this old guy, he didn't like his neighbor, so you know what he decided? I'm going to try and hire a hitman. It's always an Twi- officer. Twiggy, 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 I keep telling you, you got to stop <sighs> listening to those. They rile you up so much. They help me sleep. <laughs> I, I'm i not I sure they why. do. <laughs> I, with all, everything here is just, is here to, just mess with us the there's invitations that we thought we got that we found a copy of an identical copy of it just seems like there's nefarious shit on top of nefarious shit going on reboot doesn't seem like a bad idea Leco Helix, I'm going to be honest with you here. I only want to help you so I can get on your ship and get past that blockade. Ditto. This was your job to kill the Minotaur. Minotaur's asking you to kill the Monarch. You got to choose one and choose it now because the Minotaur is right there. Personally, the Minotaur doesn't want us to kill the Monarch. It wants us to help. Reboot, kill. It's the same thing. All I care mm-hmm. about is Minotaur said she'd help us get past that goddamn blockade. And because we're compromised, we got a fucking target on our backs, and I want to get home. I don't know about you, because you're really interested in staying here, but I fucking want to go home. What's it going to be? I vote Minotaur. Helix? What are your thoughts? Minotaur. Can right, help. We're killing when, the Minotaur. When you're saying my... Minotaur, are you saying we're killing the Minotaur? I was like, wait a minute. Are we killing the Minotaur or are we listening to the Minotaur? So, Operation Reboot? It sounds a lot harder than we just killing the Minotaur, which is right here saying it won't hurt us. Don't necessarily have to reboot, just get the Minotaur way out. See what happens from there. Yeah, nothing bad could ever happen from letting an AI loose on the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what I we don't, don't know. know. You're the brains. I don't know shit. You want to get the Minotaur out? Let's get the Minotaur out. I just want to fucking get out. Let's get you, out. You've said that like 20 <gasps> times tonight. Message received. It's all right, Twiggy. You can say it again. Let's get the fuck out. Let's do it. Let's get out. Let's get out. And she's getting like hyped up. <laughs> so what do you tell the Minotaur then? Who, by the way, can hear all of this. <laughs> I, I knew it could. I didn't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twiggy like has like a kind of like a collar, I guess. And she gets the eye and she gets it kind of like wrapped up in there as best as she can. 
and she maybe like tapes it so like it's just chilling there in her shirt and she's like let's go okay so you do you tell them what do you tell the minotaur though (laughs) minotaur we're getting you off the station reboot may or may not happen we'll see how it goes we're getting out of this labyrinth now that's good good everyone good good well i mean reboot then leave that's the order of the things helix said maybe on the reboot so let's leave it as a maybe um let's just try and get out of this first yeah because either we go to where the reboot happens or we try to get out the door here and i'm saying we should be going to where the reboot happens not trying to get out through the door here I am just going aside to Twiggy, like, why does she not want to leave? What does she... She likes this place. I don't get it. There are fucking eyeballs on the wall. Are you sure you checked her and she's not compromised? I I might do it again at this point. So, as you tell the miniature that you're going to help them get out, they do this strange, like, awkward kind of bow... I think you can tell. And they kind of face to the ground and they get up. And almost like, like a very strange animal kind of looks to you and is just kind of waiting. And you watch as around you, in addition to the entrance on the other side of this room, two others have now opened. And at some point throughout the conversation. But we will leave it there and we'll pick up on Operation get Minotaur the F out the station next time. (laughs) (laughs) God. Liko was about ready to take the Vibachetti to Harrison. (laughs) About halfway through. It's always funny because whenever we introduce like when people have died and we have to introduce new new characters, there's always so much hostility. (laughs) Like regardless. I don't. Yeah. My character. Well, like it has character. nothing to do with Harrison. It's all about Steven. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's been asking for it for multiple campaigns. Okay. All right. Uh let's see. Let's do some roundtable. Hey, uh, Steven, what what game is it we're playing on Tuesdays now? Haunted West. I've been having so much fun. Uh we've had Jeff in there, we've had Ashley in there, we've got Melissa in there. A little bit of rotation happening. It's been a blast. Uh, It's a horror Western game, Weird West. I I tend to try to lean towards horror, but, you know, I end up making jokes the whole time anyways. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Tuesdays, 9 Central, be there or be square. (laughs) Like how you say you make jokes the whole time. Like, I don't really remember laughing at anything you said. I I, I was laughing a lot about how Purdy was going to die. That, that was the. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of almost death thing happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm making a lot of jokes. I don't know why no one laughs. But I'm <laughs> okay, fair point. Fair point. Uh, Melissa, where are you? And where can you and I be found tomorrow before our One Ring game? Uh, so we are going to be on Grim and Perilous Plays playing yeah. some Fallout 2D20. That's correct. Uh, otherwise, in the afternoon, normal time, five central. Uh, you can catch uh, this crew right here, actually. This is the full wondering crew as we're back and we're playing. It'll be our last one for a couple of weeks as yeah. Long is traveling abroad. Yonder, some, boy, whatever. Anyway, yeah. So that'll be the last one for a couple of weeks. And then we're going to be doing something else uh, while he, while Long's gone. Uh, and then we'll be back to wondering 
soon enough. Don't worry. It's not going away. <laughs> it's just taking a small break in October. Uh, and then let's see, Monday, we will be back here playing some Deadlands, Savage Worlds. Uh, and a week from today, uh, next Friday, we're going to be doing some Hunter the Reckoning. Uh, and then in two weeks, we'll be back for more Mothership. So uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Uh, thank you to Lost Caravan RPG. Thank you to Defenders of Cobalt for raiding. Please go follow them if you haven't already followed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you haven't followed us, do that too. Uh, for those of you that are watching this later on, on YouTube or you listen to this on podcast, thank you so much for, for thinking of us there. Uh, thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Have a great night. Enjoy your weekends. Come back and see us. And uh, I'm going to throw it on the end screen. We're going to go raid uh, our friends over at Slices and dices as they're playing some Dungeons and Dragons. So, good night, everybody.